0: welcome to the nerdy bits podcast the bounty board uh everybody that's listening i'm one of your hosts caleb sawyer and with me is a very special guest rami ismail um an indie dev and industry kind of uh advisor right now Rami, how are you
1: i am good how are you
0: i'm doing well less nervous now that this has started
1: Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I I have my own podcast nowadays, and I think this is the first one that I'm doing since I started mine.
0: Well, so it's really
1: fun to now be on the other side. Yeah,
0: I, you don't I have haven't to worry been on about... the other side.
1: <laughs> yeah. I now know what happens. This is really cool.
0: Yeah, you don't have to worry about editing this. I got it. You yeah. just yeah. like, <laughs> hang out and
1: then be done. <laughs> it's nice. It's very nice. Uh yeah. No, a a, ple- a pleasure to be here for sure.
0: Uh, so, so people know, um, and I'm not just reading a rap sheet. Why don't you tell people what it is you've done and what it is you do?
1: Right, right. So uh, my name is Rame Ismail. I'm a Dutch-Egyptian game developer. I've been uh, making games since I was six, even though I was really bad at it back then. <laughs> um, I ran a game studio called Flambeer for about uh, a decade, from 2010 to 2020. Uh, that studio is best known for... Pretty intense uh, arcade games. Uh, Supercrate Box, Ridiculous Fishing, Trousers, and Nuclear Throne might be games that people might have heard of. Um, Besides that, I've been an industry ambassador for the past decade as well. I've traveled around the world for a decade, um, meeting with developers everywhere, from Uruguay to Indonesia, from uh, Japan to uh, the US, uh, just all around the world, um, every continent uh most countries i think more countries that i've been to than countries that i've not been to at this point That's awesome. um meeting with local developers figuring out how i can help them figuring out how the industry can support them and uh, beyond that i make tools for independent developers like Presskit or uh, events like um, World. or earlier on in my career the uh, indie mega booth um so i just kind of try and help out with indie stuff Sure. I guess there's not really there's no job description for what I do. I just try and see how I can help and then help.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You kind of made your own job, so you get to describe it however you want.
1: <laughs> right. The, the but the best job description I've I found for it was in 2018. Uh, the Game Developers Choice Awards, which sort of like one of the bigger awards in the games industry, yeah. handed me an ambassador award. And now that I can just say that somebody else calls me ambassador, sure. it's a lot easier because I yeah. would be like, "Well, GDC calls me an ambassador. And that's a pretty good description." Of yeah, that.
0: yeah, you can say it and not have to like worry about people being right. like, well, "Where's that come from?"
1: Right? Who gave you that title? I'm like, "Well, the <laughs> games, in- the games industry. These guys me. did look right. <laughs> sure. It's like this big peer reviewed. All the game developers get to vote, kind of thing." So I'm yeah, that's a that's so a I pretty can-
0: pretty big honor, I bet.
1: Oh, it was yeah, it was wild. I was one of the youngest people ever to receive an award like that. I was also the first Arab to ever uh, receive an award on that stage, which was uh, really fun. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so uh, stuff like that—it's um, you know gives a little hope. Uh, the sure. next, the next Muslim was a year after because I'm Muslim as well. Uh, so uh, you know things things are changing. Hopefully, maybe.
0: Hopefully, hopefully. Well, I hopefully. guess. I guess just rolling into that topic, things are changing. Um, I think that it's pretty easy, maybe even a cheap shot to say that over the last decade, more specifically, even uh, the last five years that like the game industry has kind of, I don't want to say has encountered a reckoning that's a bit ominous, but there's definitely Mm -hmm. a more broad push for diversity and inclusivity. And interestingly, I think in a lot of cases it's not, and maybe this is to the detriment of some developers, uh, it doesn't seem as often to me to be a push from the developers as much as it's a push from the community that the developers right. are adopting. What do you think, or do you agree with that one? And then what do you think kind of started that ball rolling?
1: Right, I, th- I don't think that person, so here's the thing, I agree and disagree. Okay. The thing is, because when we say industry, we're talking about six different things nowadays. right? <laughs> yes, like back in true. the days, you could say, like, right, there's the games industry, but now you've got the indies, you've got the double A's, you've got the triple ways, you've got the quadruple A's, you've got mobile, you've got subscription. Yeah, sure. um, Then on top of that, you've got Twitch, you've got this whole podcasting ecosystem, you've yeah. got uh, the games press, you've got all of this stuff. So the games industry isn't really one thing anymore. Sure. What I will say is that the industry when I joined in, back in 2010 was uh, relatively homogenous, right? Like, yeah. uh, yes, in Tripway there was actually more diversity than in indie. Indy was mostly kids that were from countries that could afford sure. uh, dropping Absolutely. out of school, that could afford starting a business without, you know, getting in economic trouble. So you saw a large part of Indy started in uh, Europe and Canada with um, a few folks that could take those risks in the U S who usually had a little more money or circumstance in which they could do that. Right. Sure. You'd hear the story of like a Jonathan blow who had a career behind him at that point already and had some money to, to bet on a braid. Um, so, indie was re- relatively homogenous. It, it was yeah. those those countries where it was possible. And it's actually sort of a disservice to pretend that indie started there because before then, there was actually this really rich indie scene, this really interesting indie scene that was all around the world. Japanese kids yeah. working for years on things like Cave Story and Warning Forever and Nikujin. And around the world, sort of like indie had different shapes. Finland had a demo scene um north africa had a development scene that was making these weird little interesting games um there was independent development but in as we know it now the way we think of it now it sort of was birthed around 2008 2010 started relatively homogenous but really quickly even in that community the promise of anybody being able to make a game meant that all sorts of people that hadn't been making games were now making games right sure Yeah. Um, So very early on, you already saw sort of um, you saw some of the um, queer community start making games. Some of the transgender community started making indie games. Um, There were um, women were making indie games. Um, People of color were starting to make indie games. It was overwhelmingly, largely overwhelmingly, still a like white straight dude kind of thing. (laughs) But you could you could feel that it was steeped in a counterculture right a yeah. counterculture that was relatively it wanted to be progressive even if it was a bunch of kids who didn't know what they were doing right sure. yeah um so i think for indie that reckoning actually like it happened i mean it continues to happen right because like bad things still happen to this day um but I think the idea of being uh, a sort of progressive force for diversity, a progressive force for new voices, that's sort of baked into some of Indy's DNA. It's not always there, but overwhelmingly, yeah. I think, Indy has pushed diversity in the industry. Tripway, obviously, is a little more reactive. We're talking about big cor- corporations that are looking at these things as like risk or work propositions that are looking at it as, as, as money and within tripway there's been a, a really hard really hard fought push by a lot of organizing folks that you know minorities that really threw that risk their job that risk their opportunity that risk their position to change that from within the companies um, there's been a lot of work on the media side to like push for diversity um, the thing is though a lot of those folks can't make those changes unless the community supports them Right. right, So it's not like these things weren't there before the community started talking about diversity. A lot of people were trying to fight these fights in these cor- companies. But in as a corporate structure, changing things really only happens if they start feeling it in their wallet, right? If they start right. worrying about, will things change? So I think in India kind of happened. It just sort of started flowing around the same time. I think a large part of it was a reaction to some of the toxicity we've seen from the community as well, right? From the gaming community. Um, where uh, a lot of people started realizing like okay, things aren 't fair things aren 't right things are are wrong like why does Why does a black developer promoting their game deal with so much more trouble than a white developer? Why does a female uh, why does a female twitch streamer have so many more problems streaming True. than random dude why does um, Why is a creative lead that is a man? Ask certain questions and a creatively that, as a woman, asked other questions um yeah. why is a queer game political and a straight game not and like as the toxicity got louder, a lot of us that had never dealt with those questions right because I'm Arab, I know what racism feels like, so yeah. for me, recognizing okay, oppression exists was relatively easy, and even I still get this stuff wrong, right, even I sure. still like misjudge or or make mistakes when it comes to that um for a lot of folks, like white straight, like dudes, like the idea of oppression is a completely new idea, and they they always come with a story of like, oh, I remember I was at PAX, and, you know, we have we have this we have this uh, this woman on our team, and, like people just kept asking if she's the artist and she's the creative lead. Like, why do people keep? That? And the, you just see their brain go like, oh, yeah, the realization,
0: the subtle, right, just, yeah. right. It
1: like things are bad, <laughs> yeah. Um, so in a way, um, yeah, the, the the weird thing about the community in games is that it's also two things, right? It's like we have this extremely toxic part of the, the game audience. And in a way, uh, I mean, they're awful, but in a way they've really helped make the case that things are bad. Yeah. Right? And in a way it has pushed a lot of companies to be like, we don't want this to be our audience. We don't want this to be, because it it's, it's bad for business right? like, And it's the most cynical reason <laughs> to make things better. But that—that um, that, I guess that's how it is. At the same time, there's been this increasingly diverse group of players, right? This increasingly yeah. loud and increasingly demanding group of players that just won't take it anymore if they're not represented, that won't take it if they're represented unfairly, if they're misrepresented, if they're stereotyped, if they're made fun of, if they're not part of decision-making and i think a lot of people are recognizing that if games are to be a global thing then there need to be a global they, it needs to not just be that everybody globally can play them it needs to be that everybody globally should have an opportunity to speak in them to be in them sure. to be represented in them to feel home in them sure um, i think
0: that might have been my first like way into realizing that right you know speaking of like being at pax and like just being around questions that are asked differently of different people I remember it in college, probably playing through Mass Effect the first time, being able to make myself, right, uh, and then being like, "Oh shit, (laughs) I I am connected to this differently because it looks like me." And like that was probably a thought I maybe should have had sooner. But when it hit me, it was like, "Oh, now I want to play everything with people that look like me."
1: Right, and if there's not people that
0: look like me at all, like I'm upset. Like it doesn't make sense.
1: It's weird because you have to like for me, playing games, it meant that a lot of time growing up, I was shooting people that look like me. Oof. Because all these yeah. military shooters were and I never doubted that. No part of me was like, Wow, this is uncomfortable. Like, what does this what does this say about like what is this doing to me to just be shooting people that look like me? Sure. Looking like people that don't look like me, right? Like everybody <laughs> that I was playing always looked like my Dutch friends. Everybody that I was shooting looked like my Egyptian friends. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. It's a little problematic, right? A little bit, a little and I, bit. And I never, same thing, I never noticed that until I could make a character look like So I meet a lot of, uh, mostly, honestly, white folks uh, who just go like, so what does your character look like? I'm like, like me. They're like, why? You could be anything. I'm like, no, I can't be any. This is what, <laughs> I don't get to be me in a lot of games. You don't understand.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Arab like, skin tone, Arab beard. Like, you don't, like, I've had like three games where I could make me look like me, where I was like, yeah, that yeah. fits. Like, that
0: works. Yeah, I,
1: sure. Right. Um it's like sort of like the 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 Arab beard with no mustache and like not like it's it's rare to put that in a video game like yeah. it, you just don't come across it very often and when you do you're uh,
0: like hey hey look yeah I hey, can it's, do me. This. it's yeah. me nice nice
1: <laughs> um And then, but then the funny part is, like you, you, you start thinking about it more, and you realize that really it's scraps, right? Like that we're getting because you make you make a character that looks like you, that looks like me, but somehow we don't deal with any of the problems we deal in our real life with that. Like this character just looks like that, but they're still coded as Commander Shepard,
0: and they don't—they absolutely don't sound like you, right? It's still—it's still a white guy doing the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) So, so you slowly start realizing, like, well, this issue is so big. Right, yeah. like maybe what I need is not—I don't need a character creator where I can look like me. Yeah, I, I want that too. I need a character that just is like me, sure. right from the ground sure. up, that has my culture, that has my heritage, that has the 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 understanding of the world that I have, the problems that I have. And sure, I don't want to play a game where you know when I go through the airport I get random checked because I have seven Arab names. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't need that character per se. <laughs> no, uh, but I would like to have a character that when you know they they talk about the food that they ate when they were a kid. That they mention something where I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. that that's good stuff. That's yeah. good food. I mm, yeah, I want that. I'm hungry sure, now, sure. right? Um, that's rare. That that I mean, I still don't remember any character like that. The closest that's been is Layla uh, from uh, Assassin's Creed.
0: Yeah, Layla. Um, she,
1: yeah, yeah. Hassan, I think. Yep. Um, and she's like Westernized Egyptian computer person. So I'm like, it's me, but it's she. And I'm not. And I was, right. part of me was so angry about that. I'm like this close and still not. And then I was yeah. like, OK, well, my, si- my sister or like anybody will have a role model now in, in games. And that's worth it, right? Like, Sure. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't have to be first or anything. It was just very weird that I was like, I recognized so much of the character. And I was like, wow. Yeah.
0: Wild. Yeah, I have a buddy uh i had a buddy that i went to school with who was uh from egypt and he i remember i don't talk to him very much at all but i remember getting right. a message from him when origins came out and he was right. like oh shit like the main character's right. name is Bayek, and he's right. egyptian and i was like yeah that's yep. dope and like he was like yep. i'm going to play this game i don't play any other assassins creed cuz i think they're dumb but i'm going to play this one uh right. and, like it's it's interesting i i don't have many conversations with people where they've had that moment where they realized it and then that like opened their eyes. What generally happens is it's like it's liminal, right? It's people who have friends who've realized it and been like, Oh right. shit. Uh, right. I remember like playing the beginning of this most recent miles Morales uh Spider-Man game and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. just like the interaction with him and his mom in New York and like people being like, yeah, th- I know that I I feel right. that I've been in that house before. Right, um, It's it's weird to me, and I guess you you mentioned or you spoke to this even a moment ago, like it's weird to me that it took so long for people to realize they wanted that. And I guess it wasn't that they didn't realize they wanted it. It's just maybe they didn't realize it was possible. And as right. soon as these That's studios it. started doing it, they were like, okay, they can do it. Why aren't they doing it right. more? Right,
1: right. No that, but that's it like I put, I talk to a lot of Arab developers I talk to a lot of uh, sorry Arab gamers and Middle Eastern gamers and, like the truth, you ask them like you know wouldn't you want to see that different and they're like it isn't it isn't different
0: right
1: this is how it is this is how it's always been like what are they going to do make a game about an Egyptian kid sitting in like there's no story there and it's like no no that's not that's the job of the developer right that's our job to make that person the hero of the next thing to make that person sure. Tell a story that's genuine and true and sincere, instead of like just blowing up our cities. And they're like, "Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work." And like, I get that. Like, it gets demoralizing, right? Every yeah. time you get misrepresented, every time your country is just like a, a sandbox with like little sandy villages in it, instead of like the metropolises that are our, our great cities in the Middle East are. Uh, yeah. Every time you just kind of lose a little faith, and sure. you see it now with six day in uh, six days in Fallujah, right? Oof. Uh yeah. Right, that game coming up and the press reaches out to to nobody. Right? It's been what 5 weeks now and like since they've started promoting that trailer, how many Arab names, how many Arab voices have we heard? How many Middle Eastern voices have we heard? I two.
0: honestly searched it just before this. Right. And like yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like a it's few two. people talking to the people making it, but very right. very few people asking the people that the game Centers on like right. what it's the, like to be that,
1: right? Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, in um, in the Arab world we know it. We know it as U.S. folks don't talk to us; they talk to analysts that talk about us, right? Like Yikes. you will never see like uh, uh, let's talk to an Iraqi person about how it was on the ground. Now instead, they'll they'll trot out some U.S. analysts who will go like, "Well, the situation in Iraq is, uh, you know, it's bad; people are dying," and it's like, yes, we know. We are aware, we are people, let us speak. It's so um,
0: tragically, I caution myself even saying tragically funny, but it feels like that, right? right? It feels like it's almost a parody of itself sometimes, where it's like, right. come on, it's right yes. there. The, the first thing I think of even thinking of a parody of itself is the, the first level in Dubai and the new Hitman right where all of the signs are backwards
1: backwards yep Unless, and it's just a thing it,
0: it's, it's a such comment. an easy question to ask and right. fix right
1: the th- the worst thing about that is you could ask a three-year-old arab kid to look at that sign and they'll go like it what's that that's not i can't like i don't <laughs> like it is so staggeringly wrong and like you have to like the 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 team at IO Interactive did a pretty good job of like capturing Dubai and like the grandeur and like sort of like the 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 style of it, right? Like sure. this sort of like uh, Vegas, but more and less campy at yeah. the same time, more yeah. Arab. You know, like they they really captured that. But then you look at the science, and it's just like for any Arab, you look at it and you're like, how? <laughs> Just a face. How did you? Um, yeah. How did you? Do? But it's it's that kind of stuff where it's like asking asking Arabs as people, it's just not a thing Western folks do. It's like we're just no. not. We're we're like we're a place where you can tell stories about heroism, um, and like the funny the the thing that for me is tragic about it or tragically funny about it is that this isn't new. There's this stand-up sure. routine. I don't remember who it was, but he says, like, you know, if America's come to your country, we'll destroy your country, and then 20 years back, later, we'll come back and make a movie about how sad it made our soldiers, right? Oh. And this is, like, a 15-year-old joke. This is not a new stand-up routine. This is right. decades old, and it's still true. Like, they go, they they wreck Fallujah, and then they, make, they come back to make a game about how sad it made the soldiers. It's like, and,
0: how like, does this... And they specifically leave stuff
1: out. Right, right. But that's the thing, right? That's the thing about representation that for a lot of people, and I'm guessing this is not just true for Arabs. I'm guessing this is true for a lot of minorities in the games industry or that that play video games. It's easy to be hopeless, right? It's easy to look at this massive machine that's just grinding up your heritage and your culture and your language and the way you grew up. And just spitting it out into stereotypes over and over and over and over until at some point you're just like, you know what? Sure, I'll play yeah. John McJohn, uh, who is uh, a white dude from somewhere in the U.S. or an SAS like dude or whatever, and like whatever. And uh, it's easy to be it's easy to be hopeless, and you see slowly but certainly you see these different groups, these different minorities. You see them grasp on and understand that it doesn't have to be that way and that yeah. it doesn't it shouldn't be that way right i think that's the big thing it shouldn't be that way for for arabs in the games industry for muslims in the games industry we're not there yet we're, we're just not at that point we're at the point where having anybody print arabic in the right direction would be like staggering <laughs> we would be like wow yeah, they wrote sure. a sentence a single <laughs> sentence in our language incredible they did it uh, if we had if we had like our arab game oscars that would be one of the oscars it's just like <laughs> game <type>. that printed <laughs> game that printed a sentence in the right direction that would be like award-winning Ugh. stuff um
0: yeah. it's just more what but, you said it's like we're we're it, happy about scraps like when they get right. the small things right it's like okay cool
1: yeah awesome <laughs> um and 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 uh in three weeks it's ramadan Right, as a Muslim, in three yeah. weeks the biggest month of the year starts. Right, and sure. and during Ramadan, Muslims don't eat, they don't drink from sunrise to sunset. Right, right. Uh, They don't consume anything between those hours. It lasts for about twenty-eight days. It starts at the new moon. It ends at the next new moon. It shifts through the year every sure. year. So it's every year, it's eleven days earlier. Um, and people think of it as this is a religious event, but it's a cultural event. Right? Of course it's a cultural event. 90% of the Muslim countries stop eating and drinking during the day. Restaurants don't serve food during the day. Sure. Like um, Evening meals become celebrations with neighborhoods and in mosques, with lights, with everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the moon is the symbol of everything. The amount of games that celebrate Ramadan in any way at all, you can count on one hand. Yeah. Uh, and and the ones that have done it are these massive corporations that happen to have somebody in their uh, Middle Eastern team that managed to pitch like, hey, we should maybe do something with you know, kind of yeah. like the biggest deal of the year for two billion people on Earth. <laughs> sure. Uh, and and still, we're like at like a handful of games. We're like five games. So for a lot of a lot of uh, you know, from where I'm standing, a lot of diversity becomes this question of okay, when we say diversity, right? you have to keep in mind that even in the word itself is inclusion and exclusion in the word diversity, it being an English word right, is assumptions of what it means, what it's about, who it serves, who it doesn't serve, like what it's for, what it tries to develop. Uh, That has been one of my biggest fights in in the past decade. Is like, you go to like, the Latin American countries, you go to like Africa, where they speak, uh, you know, out of a colonialist past, many speak French. Um, Latin America, we're out of colonialist past; they speak Spanish or Portuguese. Yep. You go to Asia, you go to the Middle East. You're like, um, what about diversity? And They're like, that's not about us. It's not about us. It's about it's about North America. It's about Europe. It's about these things, the bit, the issues that play there. Um, sure, you know, it's
0: about them making changes think, to things and right. thinking differently, rather than and yeah.
1: we and we watch right the Arabs, the Arabs in the Middle East, they don't get asked about this stuff. It's the fight of the Arabs in the West, sure, to get that representation, because um, we we know that it could be better. Uh, right. It's kind of messed up that it has to work that way. It's that kind that of language barrier is there, up. yeah, 100 percent. Right. It was scary. Like the first time I realized that I wasn't Russia and I asked somebody, like, so what about diversity? And they're like, That is not about us. I'm like, what do you mean? It's literally the word diversity. It's about you. you the, the point of diversity is that you are included. And they're like, How many, how many Americans and Europeans do you see talking about including Russians? I was like, Shit. He's <laughs> <It's>, right. Yeah. <laughs> literally never, literally never heard that. Yeah, sure. Um, and that was just—it was wild. And then you start and you start looking at games and where, where Russians are represented, and it's like these Cold War stereotypes of like Man. these backstabbing drunkards. Like every
0: Russian stereotype forty years old, and it was bad right. forty years ago.
1: Right, and like you you start asking them in like, like, yeah, wrong accent, you know, like sure. that's not Russian written on the things, and I'm like, is this just every culture? It's not just it's every the
0: culture that's not the culture making the game.
1: Right. And the coach making the game is Japan and North North America and Europe. So that's it. That's what we have.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm always, I I don't don't, like, I don't have the base of knowledge myself for a lot of these things. But when I like play a game that goes to Russia or South America or Africa, I'm all, every sign I look at, I always think, like, I wonder, (laughs) like, I don't know, but I wonder if any of this is right or if I'm just programmed to see this and go oh it's so exotic and just ignore it and move on
1: you want to know the the, the scariest thing about this so there's this indonesian team that made this incredible game called coffee talk lovely I, little indie i interviewed
0: games. them and absolutely right. played the hell out of that game
1: right why do you think it's set in seattle
0: <laughs> i wanted to very knee-jerk say so people would play it but like
1: that's probably, probably
0: true. A good chance of that being true. That's yeah.
1: probably true. These these folks are in in Indonesia. Yeah, but they said their game in Seattle because and I I can I don't know if this is true, right? This is just me speculating, but it, I see it everywhere around the world. Here's the thing: if I tell you, say we make a game about getting coffee, right? And I want to create a, a, an atmosphere, right? Sure, sure. If I tell you, okay, we're in Seattle and uh, there's a bunch of oddly dressed people in this coffee place, and the coffee is just like expensive, right? Like a coffee is like 25 bucks. Sure. You'd be like, okay, oddly dressed people. You can imagine that, right? You have an idea of what oddly dressed people. Now, if I set that game in Egypt, I lose all of my shorthand. I can't put a number on the the menu anymore with this is expensive coffee. People don't know what oddly dressed means because they don't know what normal dress is, right? In Egypt. Um, so you lose all of this shorthand and i started looking at this shorthand like how many people set their games in the west or in japan just because it's you don't have to explain stuff anymore Sure, right we we all know what a dollar is yep and yep. we know what the skyline of these big cities look like we know what the the we know what an interstate is hell most people haven't driven on an interstate but if you say interstate everybody can imagine an interstate if i say yeah. there's a there's a road, you know, it's a, two-way, it's a two-way road, asphalt road, right? And on the left and the right, it's like a dusty path, right? It's in the yeah. desert, but there's this dusty path to the left and the right. And they just go to the horizon, right? They go forever. Every road that I've discussed goes all the way to the horizon. And at the corner, at the intersection to the dusty road to the right is a mailbox, right? right. And it's like kind of windy, and it's an old mailbox. What would it look like? And I don't know if everybody on earth can answer that, but I everybody that I've asked, everybody that I've tried this experiment with, no matter whether they're in Indonesia, whether they're in Uruguay, whether they're in Russia, whether in the Netherlands, whether they're in Egypt, they say it's a metal or wooden pole yep. with, a little, with a little white box on it with a rounded top, yep. with a little flag that's kind of rusted. Yep. And it's a little crooked. A little crooked. And, oh, like, fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, does that exist in your country? And they're like, no. That's not what mailboxes look like here. Sure, I was yeah. like, why did you end up in the U.S.? And they're like, because you described the U.S. I'm like, I didn't describe the U.S. <laughs> I said there's a road with a thing to the right and a thing to the left. But like, if you want to set that atmosphere of like a desolate place that's kind of like forgotten, a little bit fallen, Damn. that's the culture that we have—a global culture that tells that story and. Th- You start wondering what stories are we missing? Because like this is on every level, right? What stories are we missing globally, right? What stories are we missing in the West? What stories are we missing within the individual countries in the West? Because the United States, huge country. Yeah. So many stories. I even will
0: look at like a Grand Theft Auto or any any number at this point. Big game. And think it's always in New York. It's always in LA. It's always in Seattle. It's always the big cities in the corners. That like right. a huge swath of the country the, doesn't go to frequently.
1: The the United Coasts of America, as I call
0: it, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. It's like the outside of the United States is the only fun United States, unless right. you're making a Far Cry game and right. just move past that.
1: <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, like uh, just the number of times I think in in the United States, like I'm from the Midwest. How dope would it be if I got a game that took place? In small town Missouri, right, where like you're dealing with a small police department, and like it's everyone's there is generational, and like all like just thinking about that, and then realizing what you said, like that that's just here. And if you if you remove that from the United States and take it to Brazil or to Africa, like no lie, people think that Africa looks like what The Lion King shows you. Right, and don't I mean, realize that there are bustling metropolises all over Africa. They just think the, it's a savanna.
1: the The funniest thing is, you know, people will say like, "Oh, this game takes place in New York," but they'll also say, "This game takes place in Africa." That's not a city. <laughs> not you not can't compete. In, those things are not the same thing. <laughs> that's not Africa. how that works at all. <laughs> yeah, right,
0: not
1: at all. Uh, but th- that's that's just kind of. That's, I think, what is one of the biggest challenges. And this is a mistake I've made. And I have to admit that I've made this mistake. As an outsider to the U.S., you think of the U.S. as the U.S. And you go, like, I don't want more U.S. stories. Right? I've heard right. enough of U.S. stories. There's a lot of minorities in the U.S. that have never gotten to tell their story. Yeah. And as an outsider, it's really easy to forget that. It's really easy to just be a little annoyed. You know, like, oh, sure. we're d- I, got, I got angry at Kentucky Route Zero. right? I got a lot of shit yeah. for this, which, fair. Um, <laughs> But I got angry at Kentucky Route Zero because I'm like, we are now to the point that we are talking about a very specific, I think, Midwestern experience or southern uh, southern U.S. experience. A very specific mythology of sort of an Americana aesthetic with the Americana mysticism. Well, Cairo, which is the fifth largest city on the planet, has not had a game about it that didn't involve Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and when it is something the Hedgehog suddenly the pyramids are in the middle of the desert instead of in the middle of a city. So they've sure. just are yeah. just of us, right? they're just out there
0: somewhere now.
1: We have metal we have metal slug X, right? Like that's it. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. that's the games we have that are set in Cairo. And I'm just like, how are we down to this level of granularity when we don't even get to tell the story of the metropolis, any metropolis yeah. in Africa? But here's the thing, here's the mistake I made, and this is a mistake that I've that I've learned a few times now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether one minority or the other minority gets to speak. The point is, all minorities should get to speak. And being upset at one minority for taking their chances to tell those stories, I shouldn't do that. No, yeah. And it's easy. It's easy to do that. It's so easy to get just like frustrated or like angry or sad about just another game that I would have loved to have seen in my, story, in, in my culture. Yeah. But we don't get to make those games. We don't, we don't. We don't get to. That's not an opportunity we have. I think that leads um, into
0: that hopelessness you brought up, too. Right. Especially if you're in that hopeless mindset of, like, I can't change this. I have no idea where to even start. And you see something that, like you said, is very small and specific and drawn right. from a heritage. Even if it is that thing, you may still have that feeling of, like, but why isn't it about me? Why isn't it about right. what I know? Which, like, is right. exactly that. It's that getting angry at something that, like, is still a minority voice getting a chance. It's just not the voice right. that you want to hear.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and I do. That's the problem. I do want to hear it. I just also want to hear the other ones. And it's right. You get this. You get this weird sense of um, of um, zero sum. Right. Like, if yeah. one thing gets made, then the other thing doesn't get made. That's not quite how it works. And right. I've been learning this over the past years. I've been honestly, I've been struggling with this platform. Of this, you know, we talked about this indie ambassador thing at the start. But it's hard being like a person that everybody knows and looks at, because you can't represent everybody. I always try right. to, right? Because That's the true. start has an indie scene of like 30 people. And yeah, I can represent 30 people just fine. <laughs> That's okay. Now we're talking about millions of developers around the world. And yeah, no, I I I get stuff wrong. And it's 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 um I hurt people, and that that annoys like that that hurts me because uh, I don't want to hurt people, I want to help people, but I think I'm starting to realize that my task from here on forward is just I need to represent the Arab voices, I need to represent the Muslim voices right sure. like that i can't I can't be everything for anyone anymore um and i shouldn't I shouldn't try to be, but i will I will always try to be on the side of like let's hear other voices, and in the u s that includes hearing the- the you know the who the hell called it a flyover state? Like, what is that for? Kind of like oh, that's some disrespectful. God. That's some Dude. disrespectful words. Like, yeah. get out of here.
0: Yeah, St. Louis um, is, is notoriously a flyover city.
1: You right. you get like, like,
0: like you get big bands that show up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because they're in between right. cities that matter, and it's right. like cool. Right. Thanks. There's not a couple yeah. million people per- that live here.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, But it's stuff like that. It's like you know when people when. And, you know, that ex- exists on the other scale as well. You go, like, you ask any company what global means, and they go, like, oh, yeah, we have headquarters. We have headquarters in uh, in New York, in London, in uh, Hong Kong, uh, and in Melbourne. And I'm, like, <laughs> That's where, did so- where did South America and Africa go? And it's, yeah. like. Yeah, we don't have headquarters there. It's like, that's not global. No, That's not how that works at all. If you say we don't have anything on Antarctica, I'd be like, fair enough. You cool. know what? <laughs> There's a bunch of scientists there, accept it. But you go and you leave out Africa and South America and you go global? Like, what, what is that? Like, how does that work? Like, we have flyover continents yeah. in the global mindset. We do. Um, so... I don't know. I think my biggest lesson the past few years has been like, those are allied fights. Those need to be allied fights. And it's a, sure. it's a mistake. It's an easy mistake to make to think if, if other people get represented, I don't get represented. Yeah, it's that, uh,
0: it's that like very Pinterest, awful, motivational poster, the rising right. tide raises all ships mindset. Like I say it and I feel a little corny down for saying it <laughs> but like it is true right like seeing more of right. these minority voices given the spotlight given the ability to tell their story then you see other people getting that opportunity because and maybe it's a little cynical to think it's purely from a business sense that like a minority story comes out and is successful and then other companies go hey that made money let's yeah. give them a shot like that's I'm sure that happens but like
1: for sure I've, yeah. I've gotten to the point where I don't care about the reasoning. If somebody has the most <laughs> cynical reason to put an Arab in a game and give them a leading role, you know, alhamdulillah, I'm okay. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, Because sure. if that sells and anybody else does it, now they're doing it for the right reason. Very early on in the indie scene, there was a, there was a specific minority that was misrepresented frequently in games or not represented frequently in games. And there was this one person who literally created this small army of of Twitter followers. And whenever somebody would get something wrong, right. Anything related to this minority, they would just wreck them on Twitter. (laughs) Just absolutely wreck. And you know what? People back then were scared. They were scared of getting it wrong to get that army sent after them. So so they, they got things right. Here's the thing. That's not the right reason. That's the wrong reason to do this. Right. (laughs) The right reason to do this. Right. Is because these people are people and deserve to be represented properly. Right. But despite that being the wrong reason, it still turned into the culture.
0: Sure.
1: Because sure. the next developers looked at that and they're like, oh, I guess that's how you do it. And then the next developers looked at that and they're like, oh, I guess that's how you do it. And now it's just standard. you just yeah. trying you know, make sure that you treat these minorities well. I don't care what the reason is. Like EA didn't add Arabic localization to FIFA because they were like well, these Arabs really deserve a soccer game. They were like, we will make a ton of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> if we put this Arabic in there, I think. Let's try if we make some money. And then they did, and they made a ton of money. So they said, okay,
0: yeah,
1: I guess we'll do more of this. Sure. But now you look across the, the Sony IPs, Arab localization is becoming a bit of a standard, right? Yeah. You're looking across Apple, Apple Arcade, Arab localization is a requirement, which sadly added a lot of games to notarabic.com because the implementation wasn't good. Sure. But, you know, it's still moving. Like, it moves. And every time it moves, you realize that there's more stories. There's more diversity. Yeah. There's more. Uh, so I think for me, the, the, the thing I've learned is I don't, I don't think diversity is what we should be chasing per se. Like, it's important, right? We should be chasing yeah. these different voices. We should be chasing. What we should be chasing is an, uh, uh, of inclusivity. That anybody can get into games, that anybody has a chance at games, that anybody can tell their story, that anybody feels like this is a medium of theirs, so that we can make these games for all of these people around the world yeah. that are waiting for a game that represents them, to make them believe, just like you and I started believing at some point in that character creator, in that you know that boot up screen where we suddenly see ourselves and we recognize the house and we go like, "Is that what it feels like?": Yeah. Sure. like that feeling everybody deserves that feeling at Everyone, some point in their yeah. life um and the people that will never the only people that will never have that p- feeling is the people that are represented by default right they're the yeah. only people who will never have that feeling because they'll never look at a game and go like wow is that f-? the worst they might look at him go like i'm not in this game i have to be <laughs> i have to be a foreigner i have to what, what is it like you see that yeah. you see that yeah, in the sure. community?" And it, the funniest stuff to me. I've never, I never laugh harder at like, yeah, just the the injustice <laughs> of um, a very mediocre white man going like, "Why do I have to play a woman of color?" And it's like, <laughs> "Buddy, do I have, do I have stories for you, buddy?" Wow. Uh,
0: <laughs> if only if only those people could be flyover people and we could just right more.
1: it's like you know you know like when you when the penny drops, is that the saying in English? Yeah, it's like there's like a penny that's like just like it's standing on its side at the edge of a table. You're like
0: just, go, go, go. just
1: <laughs> no, please.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I remember stuff. even in small scale, um, I say small scale because it's not me. See, I just that's Right, <laughs> but I remember when my wife and I were dating a decade mm-hmm. ago, and we would play Crash Bandicoot. I remember the first Crash game that let you play as Coco, and she was like, "I want to play as Coco," and I was like, "Okay." And then realizing, yep. like, "Oh shit, she's happy because she's playing a female character, right?" Because she right. plays Spyro and 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 Crash Bandicoot for you know her childhood. Now she finally has a character that's a, a woman, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, I want to play right. as that character." And I remember thinking that and being like, "Huh." Uh, and then seeing that like played out 10 years later when my daughter watched me play Odyssey and I was playing as uh, Cassandra, right. she, my daughter pointed the screen at and said, mommy. And I went, oh shit. Right. <laughs> like this is right. oh, a big deal. This is why it matters. <laughs> yeah. This is a big deal. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. Man. Isn't it strange? It's so, it's so what? Cause like, that's the thing. Like, a lot of a, a lot of the minorities in games a lot of the minorities in game development we know this we know that we have this responsibility we have this opportunity but we can't we can't change it necessarily we're not we don't have positions of power necessarily right like right. i'm a very fortunate i'm a very fortunate guy to have the the position i have in the industry to be able to yell about ramadan eid representation language without risking my job because yeah I am my job. Right. But right, the amount right. of emails I get at hr at com or hr at dot that are people trying to get me fired for the stuff I say on Twitter, not knowing <laughs> that I get that email address. Yeah. As well, people assume that, A, people assume that I'm a big company, which I'm not. I'm me. Uh, and B, people think that they can get me fired for this, which means that it has worked.
0: Right. Sure.
1: Right. Because otherwise, they wouldn't be trying it. If they didn't believe that they could get somebody fired over something like that, they wouldn't try. Sure. So for a lot of minorities, it's not necessarily safe to talk about these things, to work on these things. But I can guarantee you, it's this movement comes from both sides, right? To go back to that question, what we started with, like, does this come from the community? Does it come from the industry? Yeah, It's both. In the industry, there are these people, these incredible people fighting for representation every day, fighting... Even in bad games, even in games that do it poorly, somebody fought for that poor implementation just so that we can talk about how bad it is. Yeah. Because we also just couldn't have been there, right? right? That love win Dubai, God, I hate that the Arabic was backwards. But God, I'm thankful that a game did it so I can go like, this is bad.
0: Because that means the next one has a better chance
1: of not being wrong. Because now we can speak about it. Now we get to talk about it. And yeah, no, I would absolutely appreciate them just getting it right. That would be much nicer. <laughs> yeah. But we're now at the point where there is any Arabic at all. In a previous game, you go back 20, 10, 15 years, you go to a Medal of Honor, there was no Arabic on the signs. No. You would have a game in like some Middle Eastern country, and all the signs would be English or images or right. squiggles uh, that have nothing to do with Arabic. So there was not much to talk about. Oh, can um, you imagine
0: how much more immersive it would be to play a game there and like as an American character even? And just not be able to read shit because you don't right. you're not from there. And right. you have to ask uh, the actual people that live there how to get around.
1: Right. And and not only that, that would also give us an opportunity to be the good people for once. Because in most games where you talk to us, we also betray you to the terrorists, which
0: Sure. Sure. I don't
1: think most of us like the terrorists, to be honest. No, they kind of yeah. murder a lot of us, so I don't know. Stereotypes, um, hooray. But but that's you know, that's kinda of how like the I am I would much rather, and this is this is not something everybody agrees about. Some people disagree with with you know how we achieve this as efficiently or as positively as possible. I would much rather see poor examples of representation of Arabs so I can at least point at them and be like, that's bad. Right. I will take that over no representation, because in the case of no representation, there's nothing to talk about.
0: Nothing. Yeah.
1: There's just the hopelessness. There's like sort of quiet acceptance of well that's not just it's just not about us for the Arabs it's Altair first Assassin Street Altair Ibn Lahad. Yeah right you know what the funniest thing about that game so Altair means the flying one
0: yes yeah.
1: and ibn al-ahad means son of nobody son
0: of no one yeah
1: because Altaïr, his story was that he was found an orphan right, right? and then raised to be this master assassin and I will say the game treated so many of his subjects well, right yeah. sure Altair was like not Muslim, he was like Christian Muslim, like raised between both or something, which right. given that he didn't know his father, I don't know how that happened, but you know long term right um either way, um the thing that really got to me is that later on, uh, they released a book with additional stories okay. and his father was named something like, I don't know what his first name was, but also Ibn al And I'm like, so listen, that's not how Arabic last names work. That's a, you can't be son of nobody, the son of your father who is son of nobody. Like, is this just a very unfortunate family line? Like, all of you are orphanaged or like, yeah. But they assume that last names work like last names worked in the West. Well, that's not how it um, works. My name is my name, and then my father's name, and then his father's name, and then his father. I have seven names. Yeah. And if I follow those names backwards, I go into my history
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, on the paternal side, right? Um, so for Altair to be named Altair Ab- Ibn al Ahad, but then his father also being an Ibn al Ahad is like, <laughs> did Napoleon come by <laughs> Jerusalem before the Crusades to like implement this system, or what happened? Yeah. These these last Um,
0: names aren't westernized enough.
1: (laughs) That's not how that works. No. The The funny thing about that is just like, even though it's ridiculous and silly, being able to point at that example has been so helpful in me trying to explain why it is important to get these things right.
0: Sure.
1: And a lot of people are like, no, we should just never accept bad representation. And I agree. We shouldn't accept it but i will still take it over no representation every single right
0: part. and i think that like seeing it and commenting on seeing the the you know the imperfect representation and commenting on it doesn't mean accepting it, it right it's just acknowledging that it's there and like maybe even tipping your hat at the thought like the hey right. i thought about it thanks right. but also saying if you're going to do this let's try a little bit harder to do it right, right. And right. the, the essential to that is let's talk to some people that know what it is you're doing right. because it's <laughs> yeah. their culture instead of just typing into Google Translate and then copy-pasting ugh. a bunch of... Ugh.
1: Yep. Yeah, so, it's fun. Fa- all of this is such fascinating. It's such so, Because it's so personal, it's so important to people. Yeah. It's hard to imagine if you don't have it, right? Representation right. is hard to imagine if you've never seen it, if you've never felt it. But yeah, seeing seeing, you know, you said your 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 daughter, mm-hmm. seeing your daughter like recognize a character on the screen as being like her. Yeah. That's everything. That's the power yeah. that games have. That is that is what we can do, is for anybody on earth, they can look at the at a game and go like, Yeah, I could be the hero. I could be I could be the protagonist, I can be yep. a part of these stories, a part of these worlds. And if that is not the ultimate purpose of video games, I don't know what we're doing yeah, here.
0: What are we doing? Right. The, what are this... we
1: doing? Like, yeah, we're bringing, <laughs> we're bringing joy to people, but we're not just bringing joy. People say, like, it's just a game. If it was just a game, I wouldn't have made my life's career out of this. Yeah, Nobody exactly. in games thinks that way. Millions Nobody of people in games think it's that.
0: way more than just a game. Right. So, like, let's stop acting like that.
1: Right. Yeah, no, of course, in the end, it's it's something that distracts you, that makes you feel good, that teaches you something about the world. But if it was just a game we wouldn't be here talking about this, right? I wouldn't right. be in this industry. These developers wouldn't, because all of us can get better jobs. Let's be really honest. If you're a good programmer, you could work for a bank and earn five times as much and have job stability instead of getting have fired. By, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. You're an artist, you could go in, architect. Like, I don't like, everybody in the games industry has better places to be. Everybody in the games press has better place to be. You have better places you could be. like. <laughs> sure. All of us have better places we could be, but we choose to be here because we really believe there's something special here.
0: Yeah,
1: and that that moment you just described with your daughter—that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's everything. That's why video games. That's why this has to exist is because it takes us away from this world into a world where we can be different, more in like have these stories, adventures, learn, um, live, um, but not. Not always, but having to be somebody else. Sometimes just to be us. Just to be you. Right. Yeah, sure. Just me. Me in this video again.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, uh, there's, yeah, man, there's so many people that will argue against, you know, games being serious or, or taking them seriously in any way. And what you said, the, literally everybody making games could be doing something else more easily and more, with more stability. Uh um, great. Right. But they're doing this because it's what they love. It's what they want to do. It's because it means more. I could be a copywriter for a med a, a prescription company and be fine. Right. But right. no, I'd rather I'd rather be I'd rather run my own blog and and <laughs> just like send emails into the void frequently, hoping that someone responds or cover right. a game that some big blog has covered before me because I have something unique about it because I love it right. because I want to tell those stories Right. because um, they matter. Exactly,
1: and you and you've seen how they matter. You felt how they matter. That yeah. that makes all the difference. I think. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that play games, forget that they're not they're not inevitable, right? Sure. Games happen because people care, and yeah. then playing that game isn't because they have nothing else to do. They could be doing a million things with their day. They're choosing to play a video game. They're choosing to argue on Twitter that it's just a video game. Like, yeah. just the fact of anybody saying it's just a game to me proves that they understand it's not just a game.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Because if it was, it's not worth talking about. Yeah, and also you don't um, say
0: that to somebody who doesn't think the thing you're saying, right? Like right? When you say it's just a game, you're saying that obviously to someone who doesn't think like that. So, right. like,
1: right? It's um, the, the 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 whole. There's so much interesting stuff happening and like how developers and the community connect, right? Community management has become such a large part of how we communicate. Right. I think at the heart, I can't say mea culpa because it wasn't my generation, but I think the generation of developers uh, leading up to sort of like this generation of indie, they really wanted to seem like they knew what they were doing. Sure. Right. Yeah. The honest truth is we don't.
0: <laughs> right.
1: right like it is both much more complicated to make games than you could ever imagine but also we are completely out of our like just sure yeah we, we debug stuff by putting like curse words in a logger <laughs> to see where the code goes and we just go like well this says you know a whole bunch of curse words but I was expecting this curse word in between Why is that not there? And then we scroll (laughs) back to where that curse word is in the code. Yeah, every developer has done that trick. I swear, there is not a (laughs) single developer on earth. And they might, instead of curse word, they might use like animals. They might go like
0: dots. Just little keywords that they can follow around. Yeah, sure.
1: I use I use A B C D. I just go through the alphabet. Sure. Right. That's it. And this is this is I'm a professional programmer, and I'm just sitting there (laughs) going like, well, the E is missing why is the let's go figure out where we're missing (laughs) also why is the f there three times that is weird (laughs) and like we're just sitting like we don't like yeah we we're figuring things out as we go and that's part of the expertise of game development it's like rolling with the punches figuring out what that means for the game like
0: the games are so much just they feel like alchemy at a point right like right especially i mean we're talking about crunch even the people that don't understand how difficult it is to make a game because right. they see these big games come out and don't understand that, like, what you're playing is magic that just, right. just works enough to be in your right. hands instead of <laughs> still in some, development.
1: Some good duct tape magic. <laughs> exactly. um,
0: I remember hearing but- Mike Bithel say that, like, he worked on a game that, like, they had to run the entire soundtrack for the game through the physics engine because it wouldn't work through the sound engine because it was over text. So they had to like put all the sound through physics.
1: Right. And that meant they had what to if,
0: move something into like lighting or something. It's just like putting hodgepodging things together.
1: Right. My, one of my favorite is, um, there is a game first person shooter and it was getting, it was getting close to gold. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: So gold means that the game needs to be done. And this is a long time ago. Day one patches wasn't quite a thing yet. Right. And there was a level that, um, There were two things that are important to the story about this level. The first one is the level starts with a helicopter um, crashing, and you surviving the crash, and then getting out of it. Uh, And then the level starts. The second thing is due to some sort of physics bug, nobody ever figured it out, um, every object in the game, every interactable object or physics object in that level had moved up about 20 centimeters from the ground. So that's uh, seven inches. Right. so as soon as the level started, right, as soon as that, that cutscene of the helicopter crashing was over, every item in the level would fall to the ground at the same moment causing oh, not just, only uh, giant physics issues,
0: yeah,
1: um, but also, uh, more importantly, sound issues. Every object in that level was trying to trigger a sound at the same time. And uh, so between those two, it was awful. Just like the worst screeching noise and slowdown <laughs> sure. you have ever heard in a video game. Sure. So they put, they put somebody on it to fix it. And they only had weeks left. And you want to know how they fix it?
0: Did they pick the entire game up 20 centimeters?
1: That would have been a great idea. Uh, I don't know how that would have worked, but that's not <laughs> <laughs> what they did. So I guess that wouldn't have worked. There must sure. have been a reason why that didn't <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, sure. Here's what they did. After the helicopter crash, they fade the screen to to black, and they play one sound on a separate sound engine, that is just a really high beep. You know, like the ringing ear sound.
0: Yeah, like the shell shock. Yeah.
1: And then they just let the physics engine do its thing. Everything falls over, but it turned out it didn't create any engine blockers. Sure, the game was going three frames per second, but the screen was dark, so you wouldn't see it.
0: Amazing. And then a,
1: and then after a few seconds. They just faded it in. The sound was gone because the sound engine was off, and they were playing that beep noise. They faded out the beep noise, and they booted up the game. Literally, your computer is dying during that (laughs) sequence. Your computer is just like, what is happening? It's
0: like, fuck you, dude. What
1: is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, what is. You're just sitting there being like, wow, that must have been a real bad crash.
0: Yeah, and it, actually, the wise it actually completely nonetheless. It actually made
1: the crash so much better, apparently. There's like, sure. oh, yeah, this is much better. <laughs> 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 just to hide that the entire game in the background is like, oh, oh, no, no, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, that's game development. Game development all the time is stuff like that. Yeah. People go like, why didn't you predict? Like, obviously, players were going to do this. We're like, we didn't even know you could jump until six weeks before. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but at the same time, like, we—it's still much harder than people think. People go like, oh, it's like the little tricks. It, uh, Twitter had like great discussions last week about doors. Yes, that doors was are the incredible, most, the most terrifying things in every game developer <laughs> in the games industry. I've never say thought doors. of that in my life. Yeah, There is this incredible post by a a designer, Liz England. She's incredible. And it's just called The Door Problem. And I think it's from 2013, 2014, where she just goes like, so you want to implement a door? And she just goes through like (laughs) 50 questions of like what is necessary to make a door. And I think every game developer at some point is right. Ladders. Ladders are horrifying. They're these weird (laughs) states where your character is no longer part of the normal pathfinding. Right. Right. They're not they're, because pathfinding is usually horizontal, not vertical. Right. So now I've got this ladder. But if you're in a ladder, there's an animation state that you're in. And if the AI goes on the ladder, that's in an animation state. So now you would have to make separate animation states and AI for doing anything on the ladder. Any game in which an AI comes up on a ladder and pulls you down the ladder, somebody spent too much time on that. <laughs> Way too
0: much. Yeah, I'm, sure.
1: I'm just like, I wouldn't do that. No, that's that's too much work. I no just like,
0: all ramps. No, no Literally, ramps.
1: everybody just becomes an archer and throws stones at you. That's it. If you get <laughs> hit by a stone, you fall down, we're done. Um but like even in Hitman, right? Yeah. You played Hitman, even yeah. in Hitman, you go up a ladder and you just see the AI go like, Well, guess that's a ladder. That's unfortunate. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, he, and he it's would, it's <laughs> he murdered a few folks, but you know. But he's on a ladder, ladder now. It's
0: like when you're a kid, I you guess. get in your blanket, and no monsters can get you. Right, you know?
1: right. yeah. <laughs> That's just because the programmer just went like, y'all, this is great, but we ain't dealing with ladder issues. Yeah,
0: they chose the lesser yeah. of the two. Pro- they were like, yeah, you won't be recognized for while you're on it, but who's going to be on a ladder for more than two seconds? So let's just right. get that over so, with and then resume right. everything.
1: And then if you just sit in the ladder for like 30 seconds, yeah, the alarm goes away because... Yeah, I can't find you anymore. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. how it works, and it's the same thing. We just don't put doors in a game. Doors, sure. doors are awful. Doors, like, how many games actually have doors? We pretend to have a lot of doors, and we've gotten yeah. really good at making you believing there's doors.
0: Yeah,
1: Ghost of Tsushima did a great thing where the door just goes, it opens, and then as soon as the character goes through, it just closes. So they can just treat it as closed always. Yep, that's it. Yep. And there's no AI that has to deal with it. Like the door is closed or open. You can't shoot through it. There's none of that. Yep. It's like there's like a specific kill you can do through a door that's like a very specific code thing that makes you feel the doors might be interactive.
0: But it's the same every time. Nope. It, yep.
1: nope. We just made we made that real easy on ourselves there. Yeah. I think that's me, the development.
0: yeah. It makes me wonder like when you play a battlefield game more recently, and every door mm-hmm. is like you can run into it and slam it open, or you can right. slowly open it. Or you can shoot it and break it. It, Just what you said about getting pulled down on the ladder, I realize now a bunch of people spent way too much time making that system work.
1: You want to know why it's in every game (laughs) since? It's in every game since because somebody spent a year of their life on that, and they're like, well, we better use this. Just keep using it. Like the amount of stories that happen just because Engine, like that's just how it works now, that's also incredible in the games industry. There is a major AAA studio. Major AAA studio uses their own engine. Uh, some incredible games, games you've definitely heard of. Everybody listening to this has definitely heard of. Yeah. There's literally a line of code at the start of their of their of their engine files, right? Like when you, when you have code, you sort of have like your entry point. There's right. a line of code there that's commented out, which means that it shouldn't compile. Not it does nothing, right? It's, it's, it's been there, turned yeah. into a comment. Yeah. If you remove that line, engine stops.
0: What's the they line? Just stopped. Nobody told me. Okay. Uh, they told me
1: that this exists. And it's a comment. It's commented out. It should not do anything. It should not affect anything. But if you remove that line, or if you uncomment it,
0: the thing just crashes.
1: Just... <laughs> and there's basically two options. They can figure it out.
0: Or just leave it. Or they leave the comment.
1: <laughs> so that comment has been there for like a good nine years. Amazing. And even every time they upgrade the engine... It comes across.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: I don't even know if it's necessary to be there, but at this point, like people just don't trust removing that line of code anymore. So it's yeah. just there now.
0: It's like that studio's little Wilhelm scream. <laughs> right. It's in every, everything. You see it everywhere.
1: Every game studio has its own stories of like, you won't believe how we fix this. And they are genuinely some of my favorite stories because that is the expertise of game development. It's not that we know what we're doing. It's not that we know what we're making. It's that no matter what, we will find a way to make yeah. you believe that yeah. it works. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: sure. And as and as long as you believe it, we're good. We're we fine. don't mind. Like, <laughs> we're good. Uh, but then, but then you see in the engine how it's working you're like, "Oh my god."
0: You just call you want to close your eyes and look away because it's, right. it's so bad. Right.
1: So you attached, you attached a space pod to the camera <laughs> and then teleport it into a different room and then scroll an object in front of it. And then teleport it into a different room, and it's like, yeah, it's like man,
0: just workarounds on up. top of workarounds. Yeah,
1: it's like when you hear that a lot of games move the entire universe instead of the player, especially space games. Yeah, because there's such long distances that if you move the player too far from the origin, from like the the middle point of the simulation, yeah. the game starts breaking more and more. That's so just, just computers. Computers are bad.
0: They're moving the everything
1: else. They drag <laughs> literally the entire universe around. They're moving like a million objects every frame to make you move. And it's like, oh man, how did how did we end up here? And it's like, well, this worked. I'm like, okay, that, yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair, 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 What
0: what room? What dark room was someone like <gasps> and <laughs> tried that? <laughs> and how many people Can't laughed that. them out of the room before that worked?
1: Right. That's it. Can you imagine just being the programmer that's just like. What if I just move everybody, every just everything else? <laughs> People just go like, "What?
0: No. Go home, you're and tired." Then, <laughs> two,
1: and then two days later, you're like, "Here's the prototype," and everything goes like, "Shit,
0: shit, it works." Yes, <laughs>
1: that works. That works. Does that solve all the problems? I mean, yeah, probably introduced thirty new problems, but but
0: those are works. manageable like, problems, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, the smoke send and mirrors been game development. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> send the person on, I love a, it. on a vacation. <laughs> they discover right. the right the key. So, uh, do you think that I don't want to keep you for too long because I know you've got stuff that you do, uh, right? But do you think that like this complexity, this like just kind of laying the track as you go, in a lot of cases, not every case, of course, um, is something that can be ironed out as technology improves? Because like we're seeing, you know, more game development tools become more easily accessible. Right. Does that right. mean that we're going to start seeing games become, I not I don't want to say easier to make, but just like less finicky in these ways?
1: Right. So yes and no. Here, here's, the, here's the truth. The truth is it'll get more and more accessible. More people can make games, which to me is wonderful. If we can get to a point where making a game is as easy as taking a good photo nowadays, right? Sure. You don't have to be a good photographer to make a good photo. You point your phone at the thing, you press the button, and then some AI goes over it 75 times and then realizes that this light for this subject for this thing, beautiful photo, nice, you know, like depth of field, a little bit of bokeh in the background. And you like, this took like 45 minutes to set up with a normal camera. Yeah. Uh, I hope that game's get to that point where somebody can just sit down and go like, I want to make a game for my brother's or sister's birthday. Yeah. And they download a thing and then the next day they have a game for the for a birthday. That would be great. But at the high end no, we're always going to be walking on this weird line between commerce and technology and art, right? Sure. We're trying to make art within a, within a super competitive economic system based on limitations that technology creates. You know one of the biggest things that's going to happen in the next few years in video games? Straight hallways. This is going to be a huge deal. We're going to have straight hallways. Hold on. Think about hallways in games. Okay. Just think about hallways and games. How often are hallways in games straight? Have you played Halo?
0: Yeah, why have I not thought about this?
1: I can tell you what a hallway looks like. It goes to the right, and then it goes to the left, and then it goes to the left, and then it goes to the right again. Sure. You know why it does that?
0: So you don't have to render everything all the way down the hallway?
1: So we have time to load yeah as soon as you turn right, we can unload everything behind you because now you can't see that anymore, and right. then you turn left, and now everything back there has to be unloaded and then we start loading all the stuff ahead yeah all of these all of this architecture, this ridiculous architecture in games that to us just feels like games architecture now, is because we needed it. We couldn't stream data off a of hard drive fast enough, sure to yeah. deal with it so in destiny, you playing destiny, all of these weird little hallways that you're going through, that's just us getting time to load. In Halo, this like right, left, left, right hallway, getting time to load. Yeah. Every game that you've played, these weird like shuffling sideways things where the camera gets like real close and intimate with you and you're like shuffling through a little like... That's thing. offloading
0: everything back here and loading everything up here. You
1: can't turn the camera there, so it's great. <laughs> we just get to do whatever we want. And if yeah. you turn around, we just do the opposite the other way around, right? Yeah. We, we don't need to do that anymore. If SSDs are there, like low time, stuff like that, we'll get much faster. But here's the thing. We don't need to do that with what we were doing before. I don't know what somebody's going to cook up in the nearby future that might be so big in terms of resources.
0: <laughs> sure. They're going to find into- ssd SSDs not fast enough now.
1: Right. Like yeah. we never know what's going to push where and what we're going to. So yeah, things will be easier for a while and we'll run into new problems with the architecture. We don't have to do those hallways anymore. So I guess we don't. And now it's like, oh, that creates this problem that we didn't think of. Sure. Um, you know, you look at something like Anthem and, like, the big, like, flying space. And, like, yeah, they could do that because the technology, the, they wrote incredible technology for that. But also, it turns out flying is just not very interesting.
0: Yeah. Right? They put a time
1: <laughs> Because it turns out flying is not very interesting. So, they were like, well, we need to get people back to the ground. But then now flying feels not great. So, yeah. You know, every every time we solve for something, we add fifty five new problems for ourselves. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it'll get it'll get easier at the bottom, but that raises the level.
0: Yeah.
1: At the top, right? Because now, if everybody can hit this level of quality to make a commercial game, now we have to go over that, right? Right. So, I'm curious to see. I will admit, for this next gen. We don't know what we're doing yet, right? Like, right. everybody yeah. that I'm talking to, even the people making these PS5 exclusives or these Xbox exclusives, they're just like, yeah, we're figuring things out. We're yeah. seeing what works. Yeah. In, like, three or four years, we'll figure out the tricks. Right. We're going to see some wild stuff <laughs> coming out of these consoles, right? Like, just some st- just staggering stuff. And my biggest disappointment this past few years probably is Stadia. Because Stadia really, as a technology... Had this potential to do some wild stuff with games, just some absolutely incredible stuff. Uh, but they, it, you know, they kind yeah. of took their first-party of studios off of it, and now it's like eh. <laughs> now so. it's just
0: playing other people's other, uh, right. other people's things. So, do right, you think which that, are go ahead, go ahead.
1: Which which they're probably doing it for more than one platform, so they're never going to use the unique right. stuff right. of Stadia, right? Huh. Do you
0: think that that uh, constant drive for the the next thing, the next trick, the n- not trick, but trick kind of, right. um, do you think that is what kind of lends to the amount of man hours that go into games? The amount of like, it's what... crunch that ends up happening is that there's so many of these things that like we are trying to push right. the boundary on that like cause so many problems.
1: Right, I think, yeah, part of it, like, like I said, what we're working on is this weird, this weird line between commerce and technology and art, right? right? And a lot of us are here for the art, right? Whether it's the art of game design or games writing or, or development right. or whatever. Um, and then there's the commerce, and the commerce will always want our games to stand out. It'll always want our games to look better. It'll always want our games to have these unique selling points. But when, as soon as you say unique, you're basically saying nobody has done it before. Right. And as soon as you say nobody's done it before, suddenly we don't know how long it takes to do. Right, like we just don't know. We do, we don't know how long that takes to to implement. Uh, you you look at like the tiniest details in games, like um, um, Corey talking about God of War and like how the axe has this like delayed impact. Right, when you mm-hmm. impact, the swing motion continues, but the axe actually stops in time. Uh, in that place for a moment, so the the animation has to continue. Like they probably implemented that and went like, "This is great." And then they probably had weeks of unmessing up everything that touches sure. that. Right? Yeah. For everything we do, we don't know what it causes, but if we know how to do it, we can be a lot more certain. Sure. When we don't know what we're doing, it becomes questions. And then the other part of it, it doesn't have to be this way. It really doesn't. But the commerce of it. Sure prioritized. That's right? what I was going to ask.
0: Is it like because of how games are funded, and like you have shareholders that have these expectations that may not right. fully be aligned with the understanding of how this this process takes place? Right. That and, l- I, like and I, look at CD Projekt Red and and Cyberpunk. Like that was I, just awkward. Yeah, it feels like if if bad. the leadership and and if and I and again like game development is very hard. So I'm not trying to pile on to anybody. Right. But like, right. it seems like if shareholders had maybe just been patient in understanding how difficult this game is to make, right. then they could have let that team have more time
1: and I pushed mean, them less. the the thing The thing with this, uh, the the thing that's hard with this is the commerce part is is hurting in the games industry from every side. Right, it's not just the shareholders; it's also the users. Right, yeah. like people buy their games at discounts, they buy so many games that they'll never play. Uh, you know, like My everybody's 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 <laughs> joking about the backlog, but like yeah. if you if you think about what that means, how many games you bought for two dollars that could have been one purchase for a bit more for a game that you would play, and I'm not blaming anybody for that because I do the same. It's the most <laughs> it's like true. you just go, like, I buy a bunch of games. Hey, maybe I'll play one of these in the future, like that. But the way the commercial realities, everybody—if everybody does the optimal, right—you end up here. As long as commerce is your main priority, sure. And for consumers, it is. For yeah. people buying games, it's how do I get the best? You know, how I, do I get the best value for my money? Yeah, that's a fully commercial consideration. And then there's the people who have the artistic consideration. They want to support a specific developer. They want to support a specific a specific series or IP. And it's not because they think the game is the best thing. Just because they def- they appreciate what that person is doing or that team is doing, Not right? Sure. That exists. Yeah. On yeah. our side of the on our side of the fence, it's the exact same thing. These companies they're looking at it. They're wondering how do we make sure we maximize our profits? How do we make sure we minimize our risk? And then all of that leads to these very insidious processes. That sure. at at the heart of it, they sound right, right? If yeah. you have a if, if you have a producer. And they realize that they can get something done in six hours instead of 12. Awesome. Great. Now we have six more hours to do something else. But that's not how it should work. No. Right. That's not how it should work. Because now you might be pushing people to hit a 12-hour goal in six hours for every 12-hour goal you set. Right? right. And now the pressure is up. And the pressure keeps going up and up and up. Lots of studios never set out to crunch. Most, Most studios don't yeah. set out to crunch. It happens because over time, the realities of the business overtake the realities of the people, sure. right? Leadership gets further away from the people working on, on the game. Yeah. Uh, stockholders never even get in touch with the people working in the game. The realities from the outside, not another delay, you know, like, right. can't they finish the game? This game is going to be bad because it's been delayed four times. It's like, no, we're trying to make it good, y'all. Like, <laughs> Please understand. That's why it is delayed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. You know, like news articles, like breath, breathtaking articles about this person has left the team. The project is doomed. And it's like, well, last time I checked, games were made by 100 people, not by one person. Sure, yeah. Um, like all of this stuff, like the the conversation is wrong. And this is partially our fault. Because, like I said, we wanted to make people believe that we knew what we were doing. So all these documentaries, all these like behind the scenes, there's these super polished super happy things where people are standing over each other's shoulder and pointing at a dog's jaw getting moved. And that's like, that's <laughs> game development. And it's not. That's not what game development is. You know how much work it took to get that dog into the program and to rig it into such a way that you can move the jaw in that way? Yeah, And it, that's not what game development is like. And I feel like things like uh, like Noclip that are yeah. kind of like showing a little bit behind the scenes, right? The press talking to developers, podcasts talking to developers. Yeah, It's changing it a little. But changing that culture from what we made it to be, us being superstars that knew what we were doing, that right. you know, we will bring you, we will bring you the best game. The next game is gonna be. We don't know whether the next game is gonna be the best game. <laughs> we have no idea. We really hope it'll be the next game. Like, oh god, do we like the Halo Infinite folks? They don't know whether they're making the best Halo. They yeah. hope they're making the best Halo. Right. They're right. working on making the best Halo. But until the day it ships, we have no idea. And that's not just Halo, that's every game ever every made. Game. Yeah. We have no you look at the Hades documentary, the no clip Hades documentary, how nervous they are releasing Hades. The yeah. best game. Arguably <laughs> the best game of last year and few of the years before that combined.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: They just seem to be like
0: And they're just like wringing their hands and pulling their this, hair, just like
1: is this good? It's like we don't know we genuinely don't we have no idea. We have no we just know that we think this is the best we could do and yeah. we hope that you agree. Like that's it's where we're a, at.
0: It's such an artistic question to ask yourself, right? Like right. working your putting your heart and soul into something and then hundreds of hours or days later when you're like almost done that thought hits you and you're like is this actually garbage? Should did I, I did actually I actually
1: throw this away? <laughs> Did I waste three years of my life? Yeah, on exactly. this, and the result is going to be a 45 Metacritic, and be everybody being like, "This is bad." Is like, man. man, that that's game development. That is yeah. that is part of our job, and I think it's also why it's so painful to see good games get so much hate, right? Sure. Because something changed, like something like Destiny, right? One right. of my favorite games. I'm extremely biased. Please don't take me as a neutral observer on this. <laughs> it's um, fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, like, for Destiny, they try. You see Bungie trying. You see them experiment. You see them adding in things they think are important, taking them out of the community. Dis- dis- but then you just see the people just like, they don't know what they're doing. Bungie, worst devs, uh, Destiny, dead game. And I'm just so like, these so frustrating. Five years, six years, seven years of their life yeah. trying to make the game. As good as it can be. And instead of you going, you know what, I'll check back in a few months. Yeah. I'll I'll give my feedback, and I'll check back in a few months. People attack these developers as if they're personally being insulted by the creators. I'm just like, we need to change this. And part of that, actually, just like the diversity discussion, part of that is humanizing. Mm -hmm. Part of that is humanizing people on the other side of the fence. And we've, as an industry, we've forgotten to do that. We've presented ourselves as rock stars, as geniuses, as like brilliant people. And I think over the last few years, you've sort of seen that flip, right? Yeah. And on the other side, though, and the thing that I always find amusing is that when I started in indie, part of the draw of indie was that you would talk with the developer directly. Yeah. But it turns out that's too risky because developers aren't good at public facing communication. So we say not smart stuff, like we're looking into multiplayer, which. In the press, immediately (laughs) turns into a player, multiplayer, online, announced. Um, You know that's what happens. So now you see these indie developers have all these community managers that are now running the community, and we're just going back to like a larger distance. But I think that the thing that gives me hope is these community managers. A lot of them are really good at being human.
0: Yeah,
1: they're people, right? And they they defend their team as people. And I genuinely think community managers are the like the most underappreciated. Maybe sure. not. QA, community managers. There's a lot of there's a lot underappreciated roles. Yeah, there's role. a lot
0: of underappreciation.
1: A lot of underappreciation. But community managers are fucking heroes. Yeah. They're heroes. Like a good community manager, like the amount of stuff they deal with and they shield the team from to make sure that the team gets the feedback they need, and the team is checking. The team is absolutely. People go like, "Oh, Bungie doesn't read this," or "Oh, like uh, Activision doesn't read," or whatever. Yeah. We read that stuff. We try yeah. at that stuff. We sit there at the end of a long night of work, just being like, "I hope somebody has something nice to say about my game." And it's like, it's reading, really, you're like, "Oh, f- nobody has something nice about to say." But
0: <laughs> I was gonna read a few things and go to sleep. But right. Instead, I'm gonna pour myself a glass of whiskey, and right? Be angry and, for hours,
1: like. I don't drink. I'm Muslim. I don't drink. I have definitely read stuff on the internet where I'm just like, somebody pour me a whiskey. Like, I, <laughs> sure. I've never, I've never drunk a single drop of alcohol, and I recognize that feeling of like, I just need my brain to not work.
0: Yep. After like, this just,
1: right? I just need to just either somebody like somebody find me, somebody punch me, and I'll wake up tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. or like. I don't care what happens. I just don't want to be, I just don't want to be dealing with this anymore. And it's such yeah. a shame that's that's such a known feeling in our industry. Yeah. Between between like the crunch, between like underrepresentation, between, there's so much bad stuff in games. There's so much that needs to be better in games that it really just emphasizes the point we were talking about earlier. We're here because we care. Right. We're here we because could, we, we
0: could all literally be doing something else.
1: We could be so happy. <laughs> like literally just uh, <laughs> rainbow sunshine like yeah job stability income like all of this stuff it sounds phenomenal uh but
0: instead we've chosen to do this because instead we've chosen
1: to read the reddit opinion of angry gamer xx69 420 sure. Yolo because <laughs> because that's what we that's what we've made our life and our our yeah. career and our we're getting better. We're we keep getting better. And the industry keeps moving forward. And I think again, the community is a huge part of making things better. Like the sort of like turn against crunch that we've seen. Like Cyberpunk might very well end up being the game of the year, not because it was the best game of the year, but because because of it, we've I think it's pretty obvious that Crunch is bad now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were kind of moving towards that conclusion in the community anyway, but it's kind of hard for me to say as a developer. Right. Because Obviously the 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 sources that I read are developer friendlier because otherwise sure. I would literally cry myself to sleep every day. <laughs> um but I feel like now it's pretty clear that there's no benefit to crunch. Yeah. Right. It's they, bad for the game, it's like, bad for the people.
0: Yeah, there was even like an announcement of like just 17 days and we're going to get it all done. <laughs> and then the game came out and everyone was like, "Oh, it <laughs> didn't work." Right. <laughs>
1: that didn't right. work. Who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. It, it's terrifying because there, there's also the thing where, like, with, because it's, it gets simplified because, again, we don't get to explain it properly or we don't explain it properly. But sometimes when I see a crunch game delayed, I actually go like, oh, shit. Because there's, there's delays which help the game, but there's also delays because there's so much backlog, there's so much crunch, yeah. that to finish the game, they need to crunch longer.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the big one, right? Like, an early right. delay, you're like, cool, they have more time to work on it. Right. Late delay and you're like, oh God, that means the last six months of crunch just got eight months longer.
1: Right, right. And that like that that's the thing, like getting those nuances out and making people understand that it's not there's no like this is how it works in the games industry. There's these patterns that you can recognize, but they're more complicated than you think. I think that's kind of where I think there's sort of like a cultural objection to expertise in the world right now people don't want to listen to experts they want to believe that because they've seen it because they've understood it that i've been in games for 12 years and i still learn new stuff every day right yeah
0: it's i think it's people that are um again i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna speak in a blanket real quick but it feels like it's people that are afraid to just say i don't know
1: right right because
0: because i don't understand that myself i feel very drawn to curiosity and like I'm more right. happy when I look at something and go, I have no clue. Let's go figure it out. But I right. know people that like are almost driven to anxiety attacks by like just being asked a question and not knowing.
1: Right. And yeah. like,
0: I think you're right. I think that there's a, a cult, like a worldwide even just kind yeah, of mentality of like, no, I know how this works. And yeah, it's, uh, it's frequently so very wrong.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially well, when. Games. around games I can definitely tell you that very frequently it's wrong Uh, (laughs) very frequently it's like the stuff that people say that takes so much time they're like oh they must have worked so much on that probably a programmer going like oh that's a typo oh it's great actually keep it (laughs) and then the the stuff that people go like wow this is this is just this is real like can't you do better than this and we spent like nine and a half months on it it's like yeah. No, we tried. This no, is the best. this is
0: this is the best.
1: This is, this is really it. This is <laughs> this is when you put the brightest minds in game development together for nine months, and uh, you, we did this. Why didn't we do that? Yeah, we didn't know how this was going to work out, so we, you know, we tried this one. This <laughs> seemed like this the one. most obvious. This seemed like the most obvious question, uh, the most obvious solution. We tried that, and yeah, now in hindsight, it's pretty clear, right? That
0: why did maybe we do we this? Because this dead right. in the back of a room. Said, "What if we moved the whole world instead of the park? (laughs) (laughs) And then we had to go from there.
1: Right. So it's stuff like that where I I find it beautiful that games can trick people. It's one of my favorite things that we're basically lying. It's our job. We're professional liars. You're magicians.
0: You're magicians. Give yourself more (laughs) grace. Look.
1: Look. Okay, magicians. Look at this beautiful sunset, and it's just like a PNG, right? (laughs) P and G with a bunch of shaders and a bunch of clouds in front of it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, look at this beautiful sunset." Or like anything in a game, you know, when you rotate the camera wrong and you clip into it, and you notice it's hollow. Yeah. Like to to me, that is the beauty of game design: that everything is smoke and mirrors, and yeah. nothing is real. But it still matters because you believe it is real.
0: Yeah, I that had is that so good. With uh, what was I playing the other day? I was I was playing my my uncle and I have been playing Anthem with my grandmother, so my uncle's mom and my mom. Um, right, And we did something and I saw through the entire world. And it was just that real quick reminder of like, this is all a set <laughs> and there's right. a person behind the curtain. It's like, nope, don't look here. Don't look here.
1: <laughs> the terrifying thing is we don't get to, like, it's like that, but also we have to predict where you're going to do that. Right. It's like the wor- game development is the worst method of communication you will ever, because it's like, we're trying to have a conversation with you that is meaningful with you, but also we have to pre-plan the entire conversation and all your answers. Right. And then make that work. Like we're literally just being like, so if you could fly, you think they will fly up there? It's like, yeah. How do we stop them from flying <laughs> yeah, up there? How do it's
0: we like, stop that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good question. And it's like, and then later on you'll notice that somebody just they never nobody was gonna fly there, or we think somebody nobody's gonna do something, and then everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah, like, the
0: the the famous loot. Uh, cave in the first. The game. Oh my god! Poor, loot.
1: <laughs> poor devs. Poor devs. Can you imagine building this beautiful game? Because like people hate friction in games, especially yeah. in loot games. They're like, oh, I want things faster. But the point of those games is that you don't get them fast. Right. That's kind of the entire point of the game. The entire I, point. I, I I talked to somebody at at Bungie once. Uh, uh, really really good friend and. I was trying to get the Telesto Catalyst, which is the specific item that you can only yeah. get in the specific activity. And it was a very low drop chance. But you can also only get that item, you can only try for it once a week.
0: Wow. Right? Yeah.
1: Um, because if you get that chest, you could not get that chest again. And there were you had to play it on the highest difficulty, which meant your weapons got locked. So you had to use specific weapons,
0: yep. which meant nobody
1: was at their best. And the difficulty was much higher, so there were three chests I could get to easily, and then after that was the boss fight, and I could never beat it. So I had three shots per week at this item. I played for I think forty something, forty something attempts, uh, thirty something attempts at the end. Yeah. And halfway through, I went to I went to Bungie. uh, I was visiting them, and I I just told the person there. I told them, "Mate, I'm so angry. Like I'm trying to get the Celestial Catalyst, (laughs) and just like." what is it, like 20 weeks at this point? And I just I just can't get, like, it's broken. It's broken, man. It's broken. And he looks at me and goes, are you going to get it? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, then it's working as intended. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> You're, right. Uh, You're, right.
0: You're right. You're right.
1: You're right. You're right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I want this thing. You've made me care so much for this digital
0: yeah.
1: thing to be in my digital inventory for my digital character in this digital world. Yep. You made me care so much that after 20 weeks, I haven't gone like,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm going to play something else.
1: <laughs> yeah, screw this. I'm done. No, I'm still here. I'm still going no, through hooked. every week. And when I got it, and the worst thing, when I got it, I was so happy. <laughs> and, I, and I sent a message. I'm like, you were right, but also go for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like you almost yeah. wanted to be a little disappointed when you got it. I was
1: I was so wanted to be angry. I so wanted to be upset. But
0: instead, you were be. just joy. And you were like, yeah, Yes. I was
1: like, Yes. <laughs> got it. Like the video of it is just like me just like screaming at the television for like five to seven seconds. Yeah. I'm a pretty composed person. I don't do stuff like that in general. But like that, yeah. one of my favorite memories of video games. Sure. Because it took me 30 weeks to do. Yeah.
0: Which is sure. not how
1: most stuff in video games should work. But it, like the idea of friction is really. It's really important to games like that. Yeah. So, sure. uh, the loot cave. Can you imagine writing this beautiful progression? <laughs> like this. Uh, like people have like mathematical equations of like, oh, this is what the power curve is going to look like. Sure. That you know, aligns to this many activities, which means people will have stuff to play for about three months. If they play two hours a day, month and a half. If they play four to six hours a day, like this. Okay, they have to play some Crucible together. They have to play some. So we'll make sure that this loop is spur- and then people just stand there shooting into it. And case.
0: then the half a dozen, half a dozen Five and a half just hours. fucking find an exploit and <laughs> break it.
1: <laughs> You're just sitting there, just like, Should have got into banking. <laughs> yeah. Should have gotten.
0: Into- I should have fucking worked at that bank. <laughs> Damn it. <Yeah.
1: laughs> and it's like it's partially wonderful because you look at like the the inventiveness of of people, but like God. <laughs> I I just I love this job so much because so much of it. If you try to explain it to anybody outside of games, they're like, "What are you doing? Why with do your you life? do
0: this to yourself? What yeah. is
1: what is up?" And like, do you play games? They're like, "No." I'm like, "Have you?" Then you don't know the feeling. Yeah, of really falling you in love. Game, it, right? You just don't get it, man. You
0: just don't get it.
1: It's but that's the weird thing. It's true, right? Yeah. My mom, I got I convinced my mom to start playing games two and a half years ago. Amazing and. And she's played since, she's played so much stuff. She's on the PlayStation Final Fantasy 15, Dragon Age Inquisition, Persona 5, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Nier Automata. Awesome. Like, just like this list of like Shadow of the Colossus, right? Yes. And she goes, like, You know what? I got a world added to my world. And it's so fascinating because. You know, we start with gaming young. So many of us start with gaming so young yeah. that we don't see the value it's adding to our our yeah. life anymore. We yeah. know it's somewhere. We know it's important to us, but we can't see just how valuable it is. We can't see how weird it is. We can't see how trained we are by these games. <laughs> yeah, So sure. watching my mom fall in love with these games, uh, I recently finished Persona 5 Strikers. Yeah. And I told her and she's like, is that like Persona 5? I'm like, yeah. She's like, does uh, Joker still do the, the, the thing where he says focus? Like when you do, when you do the third yeah. eye thing? She's like, yeah. I'm like, let me check. And I, I found it. And I, I pressed the button again because it's also a striker. And he said the focus thing. And I sent the recording to my mom. And she was so happy.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: I have no idea why that was it. But that was just the thing she loved from that game. Yeah. And being able to send to, for her to go back to that world and see that again. And now understanding how important... She even apologized for pulling the plug on my computer before I reached the save point when I was a kid.
0: Because <laughs> she now she realizes like, what she did She now to realizes what
1: she did to me. And she's like, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I'm, I was so just, sorry. I'm just sitting there like single tear down My cheeks. is like, it's okay. It's, it's it's fine. I was just like, it really meant something. And yeah. it's like, games, games really are this unique, special thing. They're this powerful thing that... For us, it's just part of our lives. We don't. We're not confused by them anymore. We don't look. My mom, she went into Final Fantasy fifteen, met a shopkeeper, and ran the fuck away because this random dude just suddenly went like, "Hey, you want to buy some weapons?" Mom was like, "Hell no, I don't want to buy no one. I don't know who you are, but I don't trust you. I'm out of here." She
0: thought it was, a was shady. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> that is the right response. That is absolutely the correct response from the perspective of somebody who has lived her life. And then started playing video games. To me, it's a shopkeeper. I'm just like, oh, hey, upgrades. Yeah, to my yeah. mom, it's like, eh, this is, this, this is guy, shadiest. This
0: guy's going to stab me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy some sorts? It's like, no, no, oh, no. Man. I do not. <laughs> I'm good. Like broken yeah. walls. Broken walls. I'm like, oh, let's blow them up, see what's behind them. Mom's like, this building is, <laughs> is this building, should I get it? I'm is just this, like. Is this building condemned? Should we be in here? <laughs> am I going to die if I blow that up? I'm like, no. She's like, well, the. The wall looked They say the, bra- the wall is breakable. I'm like, yeah. She's like, will the building come down? And I'm is like, it, no. But this is it f- load
0: bearing? Is the question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a treasure chest behind it. You should do it. <laughs> and it's like stuff like that where it's just like she learns the language and you start to realize just how much yeah. games are part of your life.
0: Yeah.
1: And how much games are part of who you are and, and how of how your that memory. Language. To-
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: God, uh, play the Final Fantasy f- theme for me. Try to play. Play the Prelude for me, Final Fantasy Prelude, and I will have goosebumps no matter what. Yeah, yeah. because I played this. Uh, this has been the first one came out before I was born. This is literally my entire life. Yeah, yeah. that song is played. My like, uh,
0: my family has this whole thing we do now. Like I was saying earlier, where my uncle and I play with our moms. It's the sons right. and the moms that play. And my mom got into games about a year and a half ago. We got my grandma, who's sixty eight, sixty nine. Into games Perfect. about six years ago. Um, and so, like, now my grandma is trying to teach my mom. And, boy, that's a whole. Oh, my God. That's a whole fucking oh thing. Oh, my God. It's, there's moments it. where my uncle and I step back and we'll text each other. <laughs> just like, oh, my God, this is something. What? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Exactly. To, get to be fair with each other, it's incredible.
1: <laughs> right. Probably seeing your own mom get schooled by your own grandmother is not something that happens much in life no. anymore after no. you grow up. So <laughs> that must be something I cannot special. imagine.
0: It's special. So like oh, that's so getting good. I had to I I had to teach my mom how to sprint in Destiny. And so like right. she knew you had to click the stick down, but she thought she had to hold it. Right. And like, no, you could just click it and leave it, but she would then click it. And then push the stick forward. And that's not right. a thought process I've had in my brain.
1: Right. Years, you push it forward. Just, you push and forward you click and it. click
0: while you're pushing and keep right. going. And I had to right. like walk through the step by step or, you know, the more the more typical arguments like red barrels explode <laughs> or right. Move, right. move towards the light. Or if you're on a side scrolling map, you go to the right. That's the way you to go. To the right. Right. Um, my uncle and Stuff I. Stuff like that. Yeah. We were playing Anthem and had that. Like you said, that that you don't realize like how much games mean to you because you've just do- been doing it so much for so long. Right? We started playing Anthem and like, you know, that game has issues and like just recently sure. found out that it had its, its 2.0 canceled, which is heartbreaking and like it's
1: heartbreaking.
0: We're playing this with our, with our expectations tempered, right? Like knowing. And my mom right. and grandma jump in and they're nonstop. This game's beautiful it's so much fun. Right. Look at how cool right. this is, and my <laughs> uncle and I are both like, "Oh fuck, we're just jaded assholes." <laughs> like right. we play so much games that we just find things to pick about it, and right. they're over here right. just walking around like kids in a candy store.
1: Right, right. You should get. You, we should get more people like that to send developer feedback. That would I, be so good yeah. for so good for our for our mental health and the games industry. I think that might but be the
0: cure for for community toxicity. If you want to be right. toxic, first, teach your mom how to play the game that you've been right. playing.
1: Right. And then see if you and still then,
0: want to type something shitty on Twitter. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's so good. Like, it's just so wonderful. You know, the thing that got me is recently I had to do a TV interview, and they were like, okay, can you just pretend to be playing a game? Here's a controller. And there was no PlayStation in the room. They just gave me a PlayStation controller. Sure. And they're like, we just need this shot of you playing on a PlayStation. And we'll add in the footage later because it was an Airbnb COVID rules, so they couldn't like
0: right.
1: present present the set perfectly. So they just had me play on a controller for a bit. And you yeah. sit there and you stare at the controller and you're like, How do I play video games?
0: <laughs> it's not entertaining to watch. <laughs>
1: how how do you like you grab a controller? How do I walk in a destiny game? Okay, I push the left stick forward, and then I guess I'm turning to the right a little. So I guess the right stick turns. But then I recorded myself afterwards, I recorded myself playing a game at home, the amount of micro movements we're making all the yeah. time, like tiny adjustments, like the, the, the tempo between the jumps, the way we pull the triggers, like, are we taking this shot? No, we're not taking this shot. Okay, the trigger stays a third in, but not pulled all yeah. the way, you know, like you're sniping and you're just sitting on the hair trigger there.
0: Or you have it's a like, bow, and you know that, like, you've got the bow aimed and drawn, but you're not going to fire, so you slip your thumb right. off the aim stick to hit X to unlock right. the arrow. Like, all this... Right. And all of this stuff is just
1: that... And I'm just like... I'm just... I watched the footage of the interview later, and I'm like, I'm definitely not playing a video game. <laughs> like, I'm just like... Like, I really tried. But it's like... It's stuff like that. Like, it has become integral to our being, and I think that is cool. Yeah. I think that is really cool. I think when we stop being to able when we stop being able to separate it from our being, yeah, that's when it becomes an issue, right? That's where it becomes toxic. That's where it becomes, um, a little bit of, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, entitlement. Yeah. Entitlement sure. to the thing that isn't inevitable. It does. It, it right. isn't like it, it could not exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and no honestly, watching you
0: didn't have anything. If you're you know a consumer, you didn't have anything to do with it being made. So, right. Like expecting it to be made for you is a little oxymoronic. Right. Like,
1: Right. Just, just enjoy it. We and we still need to get our marketing teams to figure that one out. That we need to make sure that it's not this game is for you. No, like this game is for a lot of people. <laughs> this game's like, you have a lot of be people. One of these people, and you might not be uh, one of those people. <laughs> you might not be one of those people. And even if you are one of those people, it might be that the next six expansions are not aimed at you. In which case, yeah. apologies. But we hope you enjoyed the game so far. Sure. Come back in six six months. We have some good stuff for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Turns out that people don't really buy stuff when you tell them that. But <laughs> sure. uh, they just wait know. until
0: the you know the ultimate edition comes out that has all right. of it at one place.
1: And now we're back at that line, right? Art, commerce, technology. It'll yep. be forever. It'll be the heart of what we do. And it's some of the most exciting stuff because you look at the art, it's beautiful. You see the technology and like the creativity that it breeds and like the the cool Mario has a mustache because they couldn't draw a face on him. Like that is mm-hmm. That is wild. It's amazing. That, yeah. is, that is it. I love it. Like that is and so much of games, so much of what we know is technology, the limitation of technology, the like pushing technology beyond what it can do. And then the commerce, of course, we need to eat, we need to drink, we need to. There's an imbalance right now. We need to fix that. And the imbalance is partially because we've made this all about money. Yeah. And because it's all about money, stuff doesn't always work out. But there's the indie scene. Some of them are even more cutthroat than a tripway, right? Like some indies are, like, because this is it. They don't have a, they don't have anything to fall back on. This is this is it. Uh, Some of them get to be a little more creative. Some of them uh, are trying to make a statement. Some of them are trying to make a game that sells. Like the diversity of uh, why people are making games is such a huge part. The diversity of voices, diversity of people. So all in all, like you know, we I think we started this kind of like, are we optimistic about the future of games? Right. right and i am there's no way for me not to be there like the magic that happens day in day out on the side of the development on the side of the players on the side of people meeting each other online falling in love online becoming friends online finding stories music, themes that will stick with them for the rest of their life like yes it's magic yeah. yes it's beautiful like yeah, you have to be optimistic about games there's no way around it yeah um at least not if you're standing where I'm standing and you're watching this massive machine, you know, roll uh, yeah. towards like more people, more more games, more voices, more things. Um, I hope that I get to you know watch it roll for a long time and yeah. see where this this whole thing brings us because it's been such a privilege. Like it's been such a joy uh, from this little kid that wanted to be a game developer to now. Ambassador of games, sure. Um, yeah. Right uh, to, to learning to know so many of my heroes and so many of the names that I saw as a kid. I met John Romero. I met Brando Romero. I met Warren Spector. I met all of these big like Cliff yeah. Blazinski, All of these names, these people that made these games when I was a kid, and I would see their name and I would go like, None of these people sound like my name.
0: Yeah, sure. N- none
1: of them. None of them is an Arab. And then I meet them. And you know what? They're really they're like me. They're like this is one of the beautiful connecting things about games is that if you're a gamer, you're you play games. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what language you speak, I can still get a headshot on you, even if we can't talk. <laughs> right. right, we right. can still play a game of FIFA together on the same team or like whatever, like together yeah. on the same team and be friends. Yeah, that that is the thing we need to protect that that sense of community, that togetherness. We need to get that toxicity the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, that's not what games should be. Games should be that where it's like just this this beauty and competitiveness. Great. That's fun. like I'm I'm an Arab. Like I want to be better at other people than at sure. the things I do. It's, yeah, it's you gotta one up defense. got
0: gotcha. right.
1: Like it's a, a minimum, minimum, a minimum, uh, two <laughs> two up, preferably. Yeah. Um, but um, the toxicity, we we need to figure out how to deal with that, and that might be the big challenge for games over the next yeah. few years. It's like how do we turn this magic. Into magic for everybody, instead of just magic for a few. Yeah, we'll keep, we we'll keep we'll keep rolling these, towards that.
0: Right. How do we keep these few from turning the magic into a weapon against people? to right. keep, keep them. Um,
1: right. It's exactly. tricky,
0: and that that's a that's a whole other conversation. Uh, in, I guess, in wrapping up, I I didn't intend to take this much of your time, but I appreciate it. This conversation has been. A delight. It's
1: been lovely. It's been really lovely. Yeah.
0: Um, I have a couple of questions that I like to ask people. Okay.
1: Uh, the rapid the first fire. Ones,
0: yeah, they're they're rapid fire. Don't you don't, don't feel like you have to spend a bunch of time on them. The first one you've kind of already touched on, and that's with this new generation of consoles and technology coming and here. Do you have a specific game that you'd love to see? Maybe it's a game that you haven't, haven't hasn't had a release in a while. Maybe it's a game that you haven't played in a while. But what one game do you want to see use this new tech to take it somewhere new?
1: There's two. Can I do two? Oh, absolutely. All right. First one, Golden Sun. Okay. Game of Advance RPG. Yeah, played yeah. It as a kid. I love that game and I love the world and I love how weird the systems of that game were with the gin that modifies your classes, your job could change in a fight based right. on what attacks you were using. It was this multi-layered, super interesting, strange RPG, a little wordy, a little verbose at times. But like, I played it as a kid. I want more Golden Sun. Nintendo isn't doing it. I've even yelled at Nintendo to let me do it. You know how it goes in the industry. You can't yeah. just yell at Nintendo. And But hey, you know, if, if I hadn't tried, I would be a little upset at myself.
0: Sure, you got um, to throw, throw it up.
1: You at least... The other one is actually, you know what I really miss? I miss destruction-based racing games. Not yes. Not uh, not uh, twisted metal with guns and stuff on it. No like destruction, destruction derby. derby. Yeah. Destruction derby. Where yeah. is destruction derby? Oh my! How have we gone this? Where is burnout? Have where you, did this stuff go? Where's split played, second? Have
0: you played wreckfest?
1: I did play wreckfest, and it was pretty good. It's all right. It pretty, like, it's, it's really it's not right. void for
0: me right now, but I want more. Right.
1: But here's the thing. I want. So the specific game I won is called Split Second.
0: Yeah,
1: it was a racing game, Xbox, and it was Mario Kart. If every item you could get was just blowing up a building or truck, yeah, you or could like, like
0: change the course, couldn't you? By you could change the like, course. Buildings you, in it.
1: You could drop like the control tower of an airport onto the runway, so that if you did if you did that in the first lap, on the final lap, an airplane would crash because there was no control tower, and you were racing over the runway. As an airplane was coming down, engines were, like, flipping over you. you were just, like, trying to not get hit by this airplane. The thing I liked about it is it was spectacular. Yeah. The thing that I think technology could do now is it could do way more spectacle and it could do way more randomness. Where yeah. before it was, like, every time you did this, this exact sequence would happen. And you would learn where to dodge the yeah. airplane sure. on the runway, right? Or what if that I landed, hated what that. if
0: that what if that airplane landed a little differently every right. time?
1: Right. What if yeah. there was weather that might like push the airplane around? Or like what like what would let's go all out on effects. Yeah. Racing game look like. Because I, I even miss Burnout. I think Burnout Paradise was good. It was not my favorite burnout. Burnout 2, Burnout 3. Those are the big ones. Burnout is about going so fast that you're like there's no way I'm not crashing. And then just like the slow motion of your car just Just like turning into Just like, yeah, just turning into this little cube. Those two (laughs) games I want. Not because I think the next gen would specifically do a lot to make them completely different. Not because it'll overthrow. Because it's just been too long.
0: Yeah. It'll it'll amplify that initial experience.
1: God, do, do I want burnout in virtual reality? Absolutely not. Will I play it in virtual reality? Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, I play once and then vomit. And then right, just play right, right, the
1: rest of the time. Yeah, your car flips 75 times. You're just like, oh.
0: <laughs> cool, I'm done tonight.
1: Yeah, this was. <laughs> I did not need to sleep or breathe <laughs> or exist.
0: Yeah, just uh, delete, turn off. Right, Oh, oh man, that's great! I uh, I want a new Splinter Cell very badly.
1: Oh, yeah, good, yeah, good th- stuff.
0: I think that with like the development of, not the development of, but the the easier application of light based graphics like ray tracing and things like that, a game that's about being in the shadows just has a huge potential for being right really interactive. That's my right. one. That I, I, I can can't see that. Thinking about, also I, I miss see also I miss Michael Ironside and right. voice right. as Yeah, Fisher.
1: true, true. Very good. I um, I can see that Splinter Cell would actually be an IP. I would not be surprised if that gets picked back up. I think they had sure. to. They, I think they probably had to distance themselves from it a little because it was a little like "hoo ha, Americans go save the world." Right. Um, I think people were a little tired of that. Uh, I also think, like in terms of like just the IP in general, it kind of like hit its max for yeah. that gen. Yeah. But yeah,
0: Absolutely. you're right.
1: At least at least opportunity here. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious because with the new with the new fidelity, there would be new gameplay to consider. So yeah, I wonder Especially if maybe if they
0: brought back the old like spies versus mercs mode, where you're in first person as a merc and you have to like spy right. these guys in the shadows.
1: Right. That as a yeah.
0: multiplayer uh, mode would be a blast. Could be fun. Mode. It'd be fun. And then my second question, um, which we kind of almost got to with coffee talk. If you, there are, there are food games that exist. Um, Right. Coffee talk to me would have been better if it had been a small coffee shop in like Turkey or Italy, because that coffee is better than Starbucks, (laughs) but that's fine. Um, Right. The, of the food games that exist, um, Right. a lot of them don't do what i want them to do. So if you could make a game that was focused on food, how would you how would you focus on food?
1: I think the game that is closest to what i would do is in development right now. Okay. It's it's called Venba. V E N B A. And it's a narrative cooking game about uh, a mom from i think from India that Uh, moves to canada and has a recipe book and you're trying to you're trying to like restore these recipes and like figure out how they worked and for me in the arab culture i'm not i'm not quite sure how that is for you but in the arab culture everything is around food
0: yeah
1: life is around food social is around food friendship is around food right like
0: yeah
1: everything is around food so for me Food on its own, it doesn't mean much. Food needs to be in in terms of your culture, in terms of your heritage, in part, in terms of your family, of your friends. And I've not, I've yet to see a game. The only game that I got close to it was Final Fantasy Fifteen, I think, sure, because sure. it was always with with your friends, with but your they friends, didn't do yeah. much. I mean, the food was beautiful, and it was a fascinating system. But Venba is really about that story. Yeah. It's really about that story of like, how does food connect to me? And then you look at it, and it just looks delicious. I'm hungry watching every <laughs> everything they tweet, everything they post. I'm just like, oh, I would I've like never to heard eat that. Of this,
0: but it's on my wish list immediately. This is incredible. This
1: is this is one of the beautiful things of of of, my, uh, of what I've gotten to do over the past decade. It's like games like this just reach me. Yeah. People talk to me about them and like I get to see all of this amazing, incredible, strange, unexpected stuff happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Venba, first time I saw it, I was like, this is it. This is the food game. Yeah. This is I've it. won I've I've wanted a road trip game and a food game. And I think Final Fantasy 15 got pretty close in terms of road trip. I think yeah. Venba really close in terms of food.
0: What is it about traveling with friends in games that's so interesting? Because I've had this conversation with my uncle recently. Like, there's a Snow Runner came out last year. Right. And that game is very, like, logistics based. Right. Move this there, move this there. But we had the most fun hopping in little scout trucks and just driving from one point of the map to the other and just, like, hanging out, talking. If someone got stuck, pulling them out.
1: We just want a
0: game that's only that. I just want to drive around with my friends.
1: That's Honestly, the, the closest I've had to that is Flight Simulator. Yeah. And it's not driving, but like I fly with an uncle of mine who's also a flight enthusiast. I haven't talked to this man in like 10, 15 years. Recently found out that he plays Flight Simulator. Send him an email. And now we fly every few weeks. We just that's take awesome. a long flight. Um, that's awesome. Last time, he messed up his landing at Gibraltar Airport, so it was really funny seeing my uncle just kind of go like, oh, that's the water. <laughs> uh, but... Um, it's just been it's for me. Travel is travel is perspective for me, right? It's yeah. like a perspective at how much world there is, how much there's left to discover. It's curiosity. Travel is yeah. curiosity. Yeah. So doing that with other people, adding those perspectives to it, I think is is for me that's the draw of it to to be able to explore a place, yeah. to learn of it, uh, to talk to others about it. And No Man's Sky did that for me perfectly as well, right? Like, yeah. but. With No Man's Sky, you know that all of the places aren't real beyond the game. And with Flight Simulator, I have this weird sense of you see a little village. And you look at it, and you're like, what is life like there? And you know the village is real. Yeah. Right? It's wild. There's the yeah. next gen. That's the only next gen that has come out, Flight Simulator.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: That's truly new stuff. We couldn't do that last gen.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I took my grandma in a little biplane down the highway, she used to take to school in Colorado. Right, and then like right. she, she led me down the turns to her old cul-de-sac, and like right. man,
1: video games <laughs> exactly,
0: video games. Right. What the fuck? This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like this Venba game a lot. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think you'll appreciate it.
0: My idea with food and games has always been, like, I want a career, like an RPG, an RPG for lack of a better term, of, right. like, starting out doing, like, the short-order bullshit and then moving right. up to, like, incorporating your own recipes or, like, learning from somebody and taking those to your own place. Right, um, yeah. My family's always been huge in food, and so, like, watching Bourdain or watching uh, that movie Chef with John Favreau in it, just, like... Right. The love and like you said, like it, food is about people. It's not even about the right. food half the time. It's about what you're making for who you're making it for.
1: Right. Um and like You wanna it, have one you want one more weird food game? Yeah, please. All right. Please. So this one is the opposite. This is literally just about food. It's called Noor. N O U R.
0: I know TJ.
1: Perfect. Amazing. Then yeah. Noor, I've since I first saw it, since I first saw Noor, I've just been like, this is not how I see food, but I fully understand just like playing with food, yeah right one hundred I like the it's like it's like what he's trying what he's trying to do is not just like how it looks but also how it feels, how it moves, how it like How it
0: sounds.
1: yeah, it's an impossible game. <laughs> it's a very hard it, like he yeah. like in terms of it. Like, when when I first heard of Noor, I was like, "Buddy, rather you than me, mate." <laughs> that's not gonna be easy. But no, yeah, looks looks like looks like he's pulling it off.
0: Yeah, I worked with uh, I worked with TJ at a little game studio here in St. Louis like five years ago. Nice, and, nice. Uh, he's like he's a great dude, and as soon as he started making this, I was like, "Man, <laughs> good good luck." But every yep. time he comes back and has a demo, I time just flies away.
1: Right. I look up
0: and oh shit, I've been doing this for an hour and there's like people in (laughs) line behind me and I should go. I'm a jerk.
1: Noodles noodles are great. Yes. Noodles are great. Yes.
0: Well, thank you so much for letting me take two hours of your time.
1: Oh, thanks so much for such a fun conversation. Like I do, I I mean podcasting is one of those weird things where either you're like after 20 minutes, you're like, okay, this was fun. Or there's like (laughs) Or you just keep talking for, like, a very long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh Now that I've been on the other side, I do wish you a lot of luck with the edit. <laughs>
0: Thanks. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think there's much to edit. I'm going to put some music on the end and the beginning of this. Nice. nice. Just...
1: Yeah, I, I think all of this was really good. It was really fun, uh, you know, poking at some of these really complicated subjects. Yeah. Um. But so I had, having, a, I had a very good time.
0: Also having fun in between, right.
1: That was it, right, yeah. like it uh, yeah, God, God, I'm a podcast creator now. I'm just looking at like, what is the flow of this conversation? I'm just like, wow, yeah. you it's... turn you turn your brain switches so fast between consuming and creating, right
0: yeah, one hundred percent and it's also fun to like while you're in the middle of talking about something, think about like, how the fuck
1: did we get here? <laughs> yeah, how did we, get here?
0: <laughs> we were talking about this. Right. And now we're Can talking we, about this.
1: Okay. Was there anything we still needed to wrap up there before we continue forward? Like, <laughs> right. mm, mm. And yeah. if there yeah. was,
0: is it worth it to go back right. and change right. this thread? Cause this, that's great.
1: Even podcasting like every everything like this, everything that sounds so straightforward, there's somebody spending too much time on thinking about it and thinking about how <laughs> it works, and it's incredible i i I think it's one of my favorite things about the world is just realizing that everything I see is the is the result of a process yep. right yep. what is this I have this silly USB key that looks like a key on my desk, and I'm just staring at it right now, like what meeting went into that? Like we went, like sure. you know, what we need. Everybody calls it a USB key. What if we make it a key? And then people on <laughs> the main went like, "Okay, all right, yeah, R and D it, figure yeah, it out, figure cool. it out." Yeah, all right, uh, cool. yeah. I just, uh, world is great. So much, so much <laughs> left to learn. So much left to do. Yeah, um, so much for now. So this to was discover. such a fun conversation. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. It's, uh, I was so nervous.
1: I shit you not.
0: I was like, I'm going to look like a dumbass. I'm not going to know what to say. And it was natural, and it felt great the right. whole time, like we'd known each other. Uh,
1: I mean, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about games. We we have. Maybe yeah. not directly, but we have. We have. This is. Sure. We've, we, we share these stories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, if people want to find you, Rami, how uh, can they go about doing that? Let them know.
1: There's three easy ways to do it. First one, Twitter, T-H-A underscore Rami, R-A-M-I. Second one, you can find me via email, info at And The final one, uh, I have a podcast of my own. It's called The Habibis. Uh, We discuss video games and Arab culture, uh, which honestly mostly comes down to food. Like, we just talk about food a lot. Um, You can find that at thehabibis.com. Uh, or if you find me on Twitter, there's a link there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for hanging out. Um and yeah. If you want to listen to this, uh, we post them on Mondays. So a week from what is today? Oh god, today's
1: It's it's today's a Monday? day. It's okay. it might be a Monday. <laughs> it's
0: a day. Every day's Blair's did, Day right now.
1: <laughs> did 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 a podcast episode post today?
0: Yes maybe done it yes, to Monday. It, yes it did <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know the answer to that oh god right. <laughs> um, but if you want to follow me uh, it's at loveweb if you want to follow anything we do the website is nerdybits.com or on twitter at nerdy underscore bits uh, and our sign off which I am currently debating if I should change it because it's Dr. Seuss uh, is play games <laughs> that's the part I added play games if you never did you should these things are fun fun is good
1: I mean, it is true. Fun is it's good. It's true. Play it's is true. good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I've been putting together, or I've been trying to put together, reaching out to people to put together some interviews that kind of talk about crunch and, and inclusivity in games, because I think that, in trying to talk about games on my podcasts recently with my, with my friends, the more casual podcasts we do, there are things that keep coming up and just not being a group full of people that are interacting in the industry in a, in a deeper um, sense. We don't have, you know, the base of knowledge to kind of speak to the facts of how those, you know, those things are going. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to talk about those things broadly, but I have to apologize a little bit ahead of time because I did listen i'm one week behind but the last episode of the habibis i listened to you guys talked about food like half of it and i just want to talk about food as well so if that comes up but that's okay it's that's where my brain is right now because you know being in quarantine for a year with kids like ordering out's not budget sound so i've been making a lot more food and food's a big deal in my family so anyway without getting into that to start Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so I I wanted to, well, I guess it would make sense for, um, for audio, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and kind of telling people what you do.
1: Sure. Are we recording? Are we? Yeah. I I hit
0: recording. I hit record as soon as we started. I'll edit the the intro. If you want, I can do a little bump to start the shows
1: properly. Whatever you want. I just did. Wasn't sure whether we were going yet or not. All right. Sure. Yeah. Let me do a little bump. And then we can start from there. Cool?